one. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Global Faith Conference. At this time, I welcome our Master of Ceremonies, Dr. Lakeisha James. She's the CEO and founder of Designer Events by Lakeisha. Welcome, welcome. And also, I welcome our co-host, Chandra Gore. She's an international keynote speaker, educator, and leadership strategist. Welcome. And I am so grateful for each and every one of you here with us today. Thank you to our speakers. Thank you to our sponsors. And thank you all for attending today. And at this time, I pass it over to our Master of Ceremonies, Dr. Lakeisha James. Take it away. Thank you, Regine. So again, welcome to the Faith Conference. I am Dr. Lakeisha James, the Master of Ceremonies for this evening. I'm so excited about this moment. I have been on many events on this platform, but tonight I am so ready to hear all of these faith messages. My God. So let's get started. I'd like to introduce to you our host, Regine Sabat. She's a motivational keynote speaker, award-winning author, life coach, first-generation Haitian-American, the host of Walk With Me podcast on JRQ TV, financial expert, and CEO and founder of Life Service Center of America, LLC, endorsed by Les Brown. Welcome, Rachelaine. Thank you. And also, I'm going to do a little bit more introduction to our co-host, Chandra Gore. Again, she's an international keynote speaker, educator, leadership strategist, Destiny Callisis, disabled Army veteran, and certified disabled veteran-owned, women-owned, and minority-owned business. Welcome, Chandra. How are you doing tonight? Greetings. Thank you so much, Dr. Lakeisha. Excited to have you on board. So we're going to introduce our first speaker, Daniel Gomez. He's a keynote speaker, corporate trainer, executive coach, companies architect, and author. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our first speaker, Daniel Gomez. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday here on this beautiful Friday morning. I'll tell you what, I'm excited. I'm pumped up and we're going to talk about when faith interacts with business. When faith interacts with business, I'll tell you what, the, the beautiful thing about it is, is this, is that when you make God the first number one priority in your business and then everything else follows, that's when your business is going to grow and explode. I'll tell you what, I'll never forget the day here, five, actually almost five years to this day, God said, Daniel Gomez, are you tired of being busy doing nothing? And I was like, what do you mean busy doing nothing? I, I'm doing it, right? I'm busy sending emails. I'm busy being busy. How many of you, write this question down right now. How many of you are busy being busy and you're not getting the results in your business because you're being self-reliant instead of being God-reliant? Write that down. Am I being God-reliant or am I being self-reliant? Which one are you? You see, because when I really thought about it, I said, well, God, like, I'm doing good. You know, we're making revenue. We passed six figures on our first year. Like, everybody wants to be where we're at. And God says, that's a problem. You're not everybody else. So the secret is this. Is it was business. Then it was God. And then it was family. And God said, when you make business the lowest one, you put me first and then your family then everything will fall in place. So write this down. You want your business to succeed? It's God, family, and then business. Let me say that again. It's God, family, and then business. So I want you to understand this, right? It doesn't make sense to the human mind because we're taught of the world's way of doing business. But I want you to, from this day forward, I want you to really put this, drop this in your heart, drop this in your spirit. No longer, right? We're about to enter a season right now where you're going to have to be totally different in business. You're going to have to realize this. And I want, you, I want you to write this down. I am of God's economy. 
I am of God's economy and business, not of the world. You see, because the world's about to hit a shift where there's going to be a just a shortage of several things that are going to about to happen, just the way of a, a shortage of chips for cars and computers. Well, there's going to be a shortage in other areas also. But if you're of God's economy where there's plenty and you're giving to God's kingdom and you're really making him write this down, if you're making God the CEO of your business, you're going to flourish. So I have a question for you right now. Are you trusting in the world's economy or are you really trying to operate in God's economy? Because this is a fact. This, this is what happened right here, right? This is a true fact is, is God said, you're going to make me the CEO, yes or no? And when I really took it to prayer and I thought about this, I said, well, God, can I at least be the president? He goes, you can be anything you want, but you can't be the CEO. And when I made God the CEO, this is a remarkable thing that happened. Let me tell you. This is a remarkable thing that happened. It's a true fact. If you go to my LinkedIn profile right now, if you go to my LinkedIn profile right now, it says Daniel Gomez, president of DG Enterprises, because God's a CEO. If you go to my clubhouse profile, it says God is my CEO. This is a remarkable thing that happened, though, is, is when I made God, right, when faith intersected with business and I allowed God to be the CEO of my business, we doubled in 2020. When many speakers were going out of business, many businesses were going out of business, and many coaches put themselves out of business because they wanted to do it their way, not God's way. In 2021, I call it we had the hangover effect. The hangover effect is the ones that did survive 2020. There was a hangover of COVID that went into 2021, the first and second quarter, and most of those went out of business too. And many of you here, even on our panelists, you'll say like, I wonder what happened to so-and-so, right? They gave up because they were trying to do it the world's way, their way. But when you do it God's way and you make them the CEO, not only did we double-double in 2020, we double-doubled in 2021. We had a record-breaking 2022, and we're going to hit $2.5 in revenue in 2023. So the thing is this, is are you really going to try to do it your way? So I want you to write this question down for you. So put this down on your on your pen and paper, ladies and gentlemen. Where in my life do I have to be less self-reliant and where do I have to be more God-reliant? Let me say it again. Where in your business do you have to be less self-reliant and more God-reliant? Because something amazing happened, right? Something amazing happened last year when I really put God first and made him the true CEO of us. He gave me this idea called the Makings of a Millionaire Mind. And in the Makings of a Millionaire Mind, our book, what happened was this, was that the book just blew up. We're still selling three books a day. And because it was God's idea, guess what happened? The book became an online program. The online program has sold thousands of programs. Then God said, okay, now I want you to take the program and make it a boot camp where people can come live and where you welcome my presence right? Faith interacting with business. And then we had our first one in November of 2022. And man, people were delivered. People don't realize that you either have a pain point relationship with money or you have a pleasure point relationship with money. And most of us, we have a poverty consciousness and we're not even aware of it. There was men and women crying because they didn't realize they had the wrong relationship with money. Because most of us, we have the wrong belief system. We say things like, oh, well, money's not important. Oh, money doesn't matter. But the truth is this. Who do you think created money? Who do you think created money? 
God did. Hello. You know why? Because God created, think about this. If God created the tree and the tree created the paper and the paper has the money on it that we use when we go to the store, who do you think created money, ladies and gentlemen? So when you work with Daniel Gomez as your business coach, I'm one of the top business coaches in Texas. I help people get true results. My clients have achieved epic success. I've taken a client because the client was right. He goes, I don't know what it is about you, Daniel. I don't know what it is about you, but I like you, man. I said, well, why do you want to, why, why do you want me to hire you? Why do you want to hire me? He goes, I don't know. He goes, but you have something that I don't have. And of course he didn't understand it, but it was God. I said, well, look, before we have every session, guess what we're going to do? We're going to pray before every coaching session. Are you down with that? He goes, eh, okay, I'm down with it. Now his business went from making $19 million. He made $40 million last year in 2022. Over, I mean, it just grew tremendously. He just bought his Rolls Royce and he just bought his new house. And it was because he invited God into his business. He allowed faith to intersect with his business. And these are the real results that our clients are getting when you work with us. So when you work with me, we really take you down the path and show you how it is in your business that you need to change this little perspective. See, because the, re the reality is this, we're closer than we think. We're just small shifts away from what we need to do. Let me say that again. We're closer than we think and we're just one degree off. And if you, if you shift that degree, there's a huge difference in the results you're gonna obtain. So I wanna, I wanna ask you this, when is the last time you really prayed about the decisions you're making for your business? Yes, prayed about the, the, your business. Most Christian owners of their business, they don't even pray about the ideas that come to them, they just do it. And then they expect God to clean up the mistakes they made. Hey God, you know what? It's like, it's, it's like that song, I can't think of that country singer, but it's like Jesus take the wheel. Well, we give Jesus a wheel for one song and they're like, no, I want it back because it's not going the way we want it to be. And then we make this big headache. And then it's like, well, God, here's my mistake. Can you please fix it for me? And of course, by God's grace, it does, you know, he does intervene and it helps us. But why take five years and go through all your headaches when you can really just have a different perspective in business? And right away, just make God your CEO, put your family second, and then business lasts. And that second part, let me tell you about the second part, because I think a lot of us, we don't do this, right? We don't do this, is that we don't maybe honor our wife or our husband the way we should. We say we do, but, you know, we're working here on our computer, I'm working. Your wife walks in the door and, oh, I'm busy right now, come back. And we're rude to them and we shut them off. When in reality, if you were to take the time and just turn around, acknowledge them and really pay attention to the spouse, whether it's your husband or a wife. Are you really doing that? Or are you too busy, right, to go to your son's soccer game or your daughter's volleyball game because you're always working? You, you have that false belief system of the world. Like I mentioned earlier, the world's economy, right? You believe that lie that says you got to rise and you got to grind. And, and when you work with me, we work through all that stuff because all that's the wrong belief. I call it the BS, right? What BS are you believing? What BS, and not the bad BS, but belief system, right? What BS is hindering you because you're thinking the world's way instead of thinking God's way? And the truth is this, is that it clearly states in, 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 in God's word that 
when you honor your wife, when you honor your husband, that the rewards come back to you. When you honor your children, I'm not saying spoil your children. It's not what I'm saying. But when you take time to really interact with your kids and, and, and you put your family first before business, the fruits are going to show up. You want to know what somebody is really like, what their business is like? Look at the fruit of their life. Look at the fruit. I'm not saying look at these fancy IG reels and all this stuff. Anybody can fabricate that. But I've met many, many speakers that they portray something on social media, but then you see them behind the, the, the back and they're just, it's not who they betray to be, right? They're not, that's not who they are. Many people speak on success and wealth and you leave and they have a broken down used car. They can barely get to the hotel. It's a, it's a fact. So you really got to write this down as a Christian business person or just in business in general, you got to inspect what you expect. You got to inspect it. Are you inspecting things before you get into a partnership or doing business with somebody or hiring somebody for that? Listen, it's, it's simple. God gave us Google reviews. Read the Google reviews. Some of them lie. Some of them don't. But if you got 25 people saying, hey, you got to watch it with this person. Well, maybe you got to watch it. So I want to encourage you to do this. Truly, truly in your business, put God first, put your family second, and put business third. And I'm not saying you don't have to work because believe me, I get up early and I do things what I got to do. But you got to be right. When you love what you do, you kind of fluctuate between them. But you know at that moment what you have to do because if something's going wrong right now inside your business, and, and I know a lot of business owners don't like to hear this, but it's usually if there's a lid on your business, right? If you're stuck, if you can't seem to get over that hump, usually the problem, it's me. It's you. It's the business owner. So what in you needs to change? What in you needs to change that you're, maybe you're not letting go? And some of y'all ain't going to like me when I say this, but you know what's one of the biggest things I see in business when faith intersects with business is that many people, they hold on to resentment. They hold on to unforgiveness. They're jealous of their coworkers or they're jealous of, of their peers or somebody else is doing a little bit better than them instead of celebrating them. They're envious of them. That stuff is not good for business. I'll never forget. I'm going to end with this. I had a client that I was working with and I was just asking her, hey, well, what, what do you think is going on in your business? She goes, well, nothing. I'm, I'm you know, everything was on paper. It looked pretty fair. But there was two things that were missing that I want to I want to bring up to you as I end. Is I said, well, there has to be some revenue, right? I go, there's there's. <laughs> I'm looking at where I'm at. I'm looking at the numbers ain't making sense, right? The profit loss ain't making sense with the building that I'm in and the offices that I'm in. I'm like, I said, look, can I ask you a question? I know you have to have revenue somewhere else. Where's it at? Where's it coming from? She goes, well, I do get a little bit of cash payment every once in a while. I said, okay, well, tell me a little bit about this cash payment. She goes, well, we make about X amount of dollars weekly. I'm like, what? I go, where's it at? Well, we don't report it because our old CPA said that it's going to make us pay more taxes. Ladies and gentlemen, God sees everything. If you're being a person of dishonesty in your revenue, your business is never going to flourish. It doesn't care if it's credit card, cash, Venmo. You have to report 100%. And the second thing I noticed being in her office while we were going through the reassessment and relaunching of her business was this, was that she was always complaining. If you read it in biblical times, right? 
one thing that kept the Israelites from going into the promised land is their murmuring and complaining. It kept them in the desert for 40 years. If you're complaining about everything in your business and you're not being grateful for the opportunities you've been given and the complaints day in and day out, what you're really doing is cursing your business. So I want you to understand that A, stop complaining because what you're really saying is this, is that that problem is bigger than you and you're saying you're small compared to that problem instead of growing and being able to come over those problems and be the business owner that God created you to be. I hope this added value to you today. If you want to reach out to me, I would love for you to connect with me. Send me a message here on, on Facebook at Daniel Gomez and uh, DM me. I'd love to help you. I'd love to give you a complimentary discovery session. And it's my gift to you. And go to Amazon and get a copy of our book, The Makings of a Millionaire Mind.com. That's The Makings of a Millionaire Mind.com. And I want to help you and take your life, your business to the next level. Because God didn't create you to be poor. God didn't create you to be average. God created you to excel and to be amazing and to serve all his people, all his children out there in the marketplace. Because the truth is, especially right now, the marketplace needs you. This is Daniel Gomez Inspire saying, if no one's ever told you they believe in you, I'm telling you right now, I believe in you. Amen. Very powerful. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel. Thank you. I am God's economy. I love that. It's good to see you, Daniel. It's been a, it's been a long time. Thank you so much for sharing. Yes, ma'am. Our next speaker is Rakhine Sinikas. She is the founder of World Women Conference and Awards, Women Entrepreneurs, TV Changemakers Coach, and Public Speaker. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Rakhine Sinikas. Wow, Daniel, thank you for this kickoff. So good afternoon from Guadalajara, Mexico. It is a true honor to be in front of you today. Thank you, Gigi, Dr. James, uh, and thank you for always being of service and sharing your lives. I'm really, really proud of, of both of your achievements and the impactful work that you are doing on a daily basis. So today I will be sharing my viewpoints on the significance of faith in our lives and in our business. So faith is a powerful force that uh, permeates every aspect of our lives, including our personal beliefs, values, and actions. It provides us with a sense of purpose, hope, and guidance. While faith is often associated with religious beliefs, its significance extends beyond spiritual realms into the realm of business. Today, we will explore the profound impact of faith, both in our personal lives and in the realm of business. So highlighting its role in shaping our decisions, fostering resilience, and creating ethical frameworks. So let's begin. The first one, faith as a source of meaning and purpose. Faith plays a crucial role in providing individuals with a sense of meaning and purpose in our lives. It offers a framework through which we interpret the world and our place in it. In personal lives, faith can provide solace during times of uncertainty and turmoil, offering hope, comfort and guidance. And similarly, in the realm of business, faith can help the entrepreneurs and the business leaders connect their work to a higher purpose beyond mere profit making. So this sense of purpose not only motivates individuals, but also creates a deeper commitment to their work, fostering innovation and driving success. Number two, faith as a catalyst for resilience. 
Life is, as we know, full of challenges, setbacks, and failures. During such trying times, faith can serve as a source of strength and resilience. Faith instills us or in us the belief that there is a greater plan, that our struggles that we're going through have a meaning and that we have the capacity to overcome obstacles. This unwavering belief can propel individuals forward, enabling them to persist in the face of adversity and bounce back from the failures. In business, business context, the faith helps entrepreneurs and leaders weather the storm, persevere through difficult times, and maintain long-term vision, even in the face of short-term setbacks. Number three, faith as an ethical compass. Faith often provides a moral compass that guides our actions and decisions. Religious teachings, values, and principles inform our ethical framework and shape our conduct in personal and professional domains. In business, faith-based ethics emphasize honesty, integrity, fairness, and compassion, promoting responsible and sustainable practices. Ethical behavior driven by faith not only enhances individual character, but also builds trust amongst the stakeholders, cultivates just strong relationships in the business. Faith as a catalyst of collaboration and unity. Faith has the remarkable ability to transcend boundaries and bring people together. It can bridge differences, foster empathy, and promote collaboration among individuals with diverse backgrounds and beliefs. In the context of business, faith can promote a culture of inclusivity, where individuals from various religions, cultures, social backgrounds come together to work towards a shared goal. This diversity of perspectives and experiences can lead to innovative solutions, increased creativity, and more harmonious work environment. So to conclude my presentation, faith holds great significance in our lives, influencing our personal beliefs, values, and actions. Its impact extends beyond spiritual realms into the world of business, shaping decisions, fostering resilience, and creating ethical frameworks by providing a sense of meaning and purpose. Faith motivates individuals to strive for success, with a higher purpose in mind. Moreover, faith empowers individuals to navigate challenges and setbacks with resilience, knowing that they are part of this greater plan. And furthermore, faith-driven ethics guides businesses to operate with integrity, promoting responsible practices and building trust. And lastly, faith promotes unity and collaboration and really enabling different people to just work together. And therefore, embracing faith in our lives and businesses can lead to holistic growth, success, and fulfillment. Thank you very much for this investment in yourself by showing up today, because by doing so, you really, really, really want to do better. You want to be better, and you have faith in yourself. So thank you for this time. I hope I was of service and uh, I'm looking forward to hear all the great presentations, all the perspectives of faith, because I think that today might be one great tip or something that you hear can be total game changer in your life. So thank you, Gigi, Dr. James, all the fellow speakers for this time and let's have fun. Thank you very much for this time. Thank you, Ragni.
Thank you, Ragni. Always great to see you. Thank you so much for sharing. Our next speaker is, is Angelica Bunawetis. She's a global transformational leader. She believes that together we can make a bigger impact. She is the founder of Heal to Write Bootcamp, where authors heal, write, and get clear on their message while creating their story brand. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Angelica Benavides. <laughs> welcome, sister. Thank you. Thank you, ladies. I really appreciate you, Dr. Lakeisha and Gigi. Um, thank you for this opportunity to be here. Today, I'm going to be talking about something that really should speak to everybody's hearts, because this is how the world is. Tick-tock, tick-tock, tick-tock. It's a constant time zone where we're checking time and we're trying to figure out, okay, what's next? What do I do? What's my purpose? How should I serve? There's so many questions that we have. But the most important thing that I really want to say today is that we need to mark this world with faith. We need to be able to determine what is your passion? What is it that you want in life? And once you determine what you want, you just have to go for what you want. Dare to be you. Dare to take action. Dare to be courageous. Because the only way you can achieve is through your strong mindset, your resilience, and of course, your courage. There was one time that when I discovered the magic of faith and manifestation, I discovered that uh, at one point I wanted to have a child and I couldn't. And, and I tried everything that was recommended to me. But I went to a spiritual guide at the moment and I told him, you know what? It's been eight years that I've been trying to get pregnant and I can't. And I cried and I cried. And he said, do you really want to get pregnant? I said, yes. He says, okay, I'm going to give you the secret formula to achieving anything you want in life. He says, first, you have to have faith every day. You have to be thankful as if it already happened. And you and your husband are going to do it for nine weeks when I had already tried everything for eight, eight years, he gave me nine weeks. And I said, but how about if it doesn't happen? And he said, you know what? Forget it. Forget it. It's not going to happen. I was like, no, no, let's try it. I'll do anything. I'll do anything. He says, okay, for nine weeks, every day, you have to be thankful. You have to have faith, faith as if it already happened. And you just have to show up every day. And I did exactly what he said. It was hard, but I did it with consistency. I did it with faith. I showed up on a daily basis. And within six weeks, I was pregnant. So from there, that was what? 30 years ago. And here I am practicing the same formula. And I know that if we mark the world with faith. And we teach people the secret formula of believing. You see, we have to believe and we have to know even before it happens because it already happens within us. And once we achieve that strong belief within us, anything and everything is possible. You just have to do it, believe it, and showing up and being thankful as if it already happened. And I promise you, because I've practiced this on a daily basis and everything I want, I have achieved it. And we need to do this for generations to come because there are so many, so many people that are depressed, 
that are weak, they don't have the courage because things happen. Dark places happen to everybody. But if we show up and tell people, have the faith, and this is the secret formula, we will leave a generational secret for our kids, 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 so that they have hope, so that we inspire them, so that we motivate them and give them the courage to continue, no matter how dark their moments can be, because we all have those dark moments. But it's the secrets of life that we need to share. And the way that we do it and the way I do it is publishing books, showing up in platforms like this, Gigi and Dr. Lakeisha, so that we can share our message and we can tell people, you can achieve anything you want. You just have to have that faith and strong belief that it will happen. I'm Dr. B, known as the ultimate legacy builder. And it's all about leaving a legacy. And that's, that's exactly what I'm doing. Thank you, ladies. Love you. Love you much. Thank you, Dr. B. You raised a great point. You said we all have those dark moments and we just need to keep the faith. Thank you. Thank you, Sister Dr. Angelica. Nice to see you, as always. Thank you so much for sharing. Our next speaker is Chris Salem. Chris Salem is an accomplished CEO, executive coach, world-class speaker, award-winning author, certified mindset expert, radio show host, and media personality, and wellness advocate mentoring business leaders and organizations to scale their brands and business by raising their level of influence as trusted advisors. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Chris Salem. Well, thank you so much, Dr. James. Thank you for the warm introduction and Gigi for putting this together. Uh, the Global Faith Conference, I mean, it speaks for itself. When you think about faith, faith is having that belief in your higher power, whatever that means to you, and also in yourself. See, many times people miss the equation because they put their faith completely into the hands of their higher power. That's what's driving the ship. But if you don't have faith in yourself, you, you're the one carrying out the tasks. It's a two-way street. It's like energy when it comes together. It's got to be two things working together to manifest and make something happen. See, the reality is faith works in mysterious ways. And what I'm about to share with you today is some information that can really help you to decide whatever success means to you, whatever life you envision that you like to have, and to see challenges and obstacles and problems that maybe perhaps you're going through in your business, in your personal life, is not something happening to you, but happening for you, preparing you for all the great things that are going to come about, just like when a storm comes in and then there's a rainbow at the end. These are the things that could be happening for you if you shift the way how you look at things. Now, I can tell you a little bit about uh, prior to about maybe over 25 years ago, that is not how I used to think. I was trying, at that point, I was struggling with control issues. I had to control everything. I was tied to the expectations, to outcomes. I, I had a hard time delegating and trusting other people. I was also a people pleaser where I would go out of my way to please others for the sake of getting their validation. And I thought all of these ways were things that were going to help move me ahead in having better relationships with, with, uh, with romantic encounters, with, with people I worked with, with moving my business along, only to be only experienced with one disappointment after the other. I, I always saw everything happening to me as the victim and always pointing the finger at everyone else because I was so wrapped up 
in the control I couldn't control. But see, that all changed because, again, faith works in mysterious ways. I can remember back in late 1999, I had ups and downs in my business. I had ups and downs in my relationship, but I had no belief in myself. I had belief in my higher power, but I had none for myself. I wasn't allowing myself to really fill my cup because I was so consumed to what other people thought of what I was doing or that I had to put always people first instead of putting myself first so I could be more value and example to help others through that example. But something changed all that. And a lot of times people might view this as something as tragic, but in actuality, it ended up being a blessing. Now, what I'm about to share with you might say, might, you might view it from two different perspectives. But when I was growing up, my father was not present in my life, at least physically he was, but not emotionally, uh, just never around, never really engaged in what I was doing or what my brother was doing. But here was the thing. One thing was that at the time, I always thought that my dad just didn't have interest. Like he just was kind of checked out. But that all changed for me when my father, unfortunately, was diagnosed with cancer at the age of 56. And my dad just recently had his heavenly birthday just past Tuesday. He would have turned 80. And at the time, at, at age 56, he was diagnosed with lung cancer. Now, he hadn't smoked in years, and it just came out of nowhere. But when it was diagnosed, it was too late. He was already at stage 3B uh, that moved up to stage 4 within a week. And he only lived for four months after that diagnosis. But I can remember the day before he died. And I knew it was coming soon. But for some reason, I had some kind of peace for the first time in my life. Not because my father was passing away. I wanted my father to live. But what it was was that there was something happening that I couldn't explain. And I remember him looking over at me. He couldn't talk. His eyes were slightly open, but he was talking to me in a telepathic way. I cannot explain how it was, but I understood exactly what he was saying. And he wanted to say, son, I've always loved you and your brother. I always loved your mother. I just didn't know how to show it. See, what I didn't realize that all along, I thought my father alienated us because he didn't have interest. He was so preoccupied with making money. And that's what he did. He grew up poor. So he put everything, sacrificed everything for the almighty dollar. And he did make money, but never had a chance to fully enjoy it because he had put all of his energy and had no harmony in his life. He had bottled up all those emotions, never showed, never shared it with anybody. And that's what killed him. It wasn't the cancer. The cancer was just a manifestation of his own self-limiting beliefs that he just bottled in and manifested itself into, into physical cancer in his body. Now, this is all in hindsight, but what I did realize was for the first time when he was telling me this, I began to realize that no matter what has been dealt to us in our lives, we are always responsible for what we do with it. Some people have traumatic experiences, lives they've never asked for growing up, but it's still that it was happening for you, not to you. Now, I know it's a hard pill to swallow when somebody's gone through a horrific things in their life to say, how could that possibly happen to you? But it, 
But if you look for the blessings and opportunities, they can be. That was the first time I recognized that, that I could take responsibility for my life. I didn't know how. Don't know how I was going to do it, but I just knew that was the turning point in my life. My father's passing, he ended up giving me the greatest gift in that message that he shared with me. He made up for all that lost time that we never had as father and son. And to this day, that gift kept on giving because that changed my life over the next five years. Now, while I had success on and off with businesses, I struggled with relationships. I had lost businesses and then only to start new ones. But one thing I learned is I, I learned how to control five things in my life and let go of the five things I couldn't control. My communication to myself, listening to my inner champion rather than my inner critic, how that reflected to be more interdependent and being assertive with my communication with others, not in a passive aggressive way. My behavior was served to be aligned with my communication. I could control that. I could control my attitude. It was happening for me, not to me as the victim. In this case, now that I can now see it as a challenge and an obstacle as a blessing, not as something happening to me. I could respond versus react to situations and people. So that allowed me to be a better problem solver and create solutions to the best of my ability and to take action. When I learned how to let go of those same five things and other people and learn how to operate from intentions in the moment rather than expectations tied to outcomes in the past and the future driven by fear, things began to turn for me. Now, did, I, did, did that mean life got easier and you know I became ultra successful and every day was an ideal day? No, I had even more challenges and obstacles, but I saw it in a different way. And while I, you know, I had setbacks with, you know, failed investments, but then I had investments that took off and allowed me to really, be, you know, to enjoy the finer things in life as a result of it. But I never lost touch with the, being humble where I was, always knowing that I can never become complacent, that if my faith was going to be there for me due to do its part, I had to do my part every day by focusing on the five things I can control. Those are the very five things that to this day, when I show up with, within my role and my, my duties as part of that uh, covenant with my higher power, we do it together. We embrace the challenges and obstacles as opportunities to grow and expand. And that's allowed me to become invested in many different types of investments with real estate properties, businesses that I'm involved in allowed me to, to pursue the, the, the career I've always enjoyed in helping and mentoring others to be successful. Now we help them to scale their businesses in terms of increasing revenue and increasing net profit margin, allowing them more options to raise money for capital in their businesses and getting loans from banks or better yet, you know, in this case, you know, exiting at a higher business valuation. All of these things now I can do from a place of clarity and you can too. You just got to be learned to believe in yourself and doing the things every day that are going to fill your cup to be the example and being a resource for others. I've committed my life now to helping CEOs and even business owners. It doesn't matter if you don't have a business with people to be a solopreneur, helping them to work on themselves and then work in their businesses. You can be a leader and be the example and be a resource to inspire your team. If you have people working for you or will at some point, 
that can take your business and take the message and why and what you do to a whole new another level. You can speak on stages worldwide if that's your choice. Things that I didn't envision ever doing 20 years ago, but now I'm doing it. I speak around the world in leading industry, B2B, B2C events. And all I do is share from the heart. There's no script. There's not, I'm not there to tell people what to do, how to do it. I'm not telling them what they want to hear. I just share from the heart. And that can all be translated into business as well. And how people show up to do things differently, to really make an impact internally in their organizations and the impact that they create in valuable customer experiences with the industries they serve. You can decide to do that for yourself, but you got to show up for yourself and, 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 and commit to what you have to bring to the table each and every day with your faith, your higher power. And you can fulfill the very things and see those obstacles and challenges as opportunities to grow because that's where the magic is because faith works in mysterious ways. Don't challenge it, embrace it. Thank you for the opportunity to serve. And I wish all the speakers great success in everything that you do. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris, for sharing. Always good to see you. Our next speaker is Crystal Bock. Crystal is an entrepreneur, marketing consultant, international speaker, podcaster, magazine publisher, and the chapter leader for the San Diego of the World Women's Conference and Awards. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Crystal Bock. Thank you so much, Dr. Lakeisha. And man, Christopher, you definitely hit some spots in there for me. So thank you so much for, and all the speakers before you that have spoken. Today, I will be talking a little bit about making changes with faith. And how do we make changes with faith, right? To basically be the light where the world sees because you have decided to change your life for good, but with faith. I'm going to tell you a funny story. I know Gigi's going to laugh at me right now, but many, many years ago, Gigi told me, Crystal, we make plans, but at the end of the day, God has his own plans for you. Many, many years ago, Gigi knew I was a very ambitious woman that anything that I would put or put a finger on, I would do it. But that cost, that came with the cost and a lot of cost around the years. So three years ago, I realized what Gigi was telling me, and it hit me. And I still remember, Gigi, uh, when you told me that. God made a plan for me, and he made sure to follow it. Because the path that I was following, was not that was my path. That was not God's plan. So a lot of times, we are here so consumed by what we're supposed to be doing with our lives. We think a certain way because society's telling us that we have to live a certain way, we believe a certain way. And we sometimes forget how powerful we are internally and how our lives are ours and nobody else. Like I say, three years ago was my shift for me and it changed and I will never, never come back to the old crystal that I was before. Because everything that I was believing in or thought that was successful life, like Daniel was saying previously, was snatched away like this. But at the end of the day, that was just exterior. While that was happening, my interior side was growing, my peace of mind, 
balancing my life internally, figuring out who I am. And I know that sounds a little cheesy, uh, considering everything I had career-wise done, everything interior from internal life to everything else was growing stronger and stronger for me. But it forced me to look inside of myself and what, what was I missing? I always felt like I was missing something. And that was the faith. Now, I did grow up in a faithful community and family. That's the interesting part. However, sometimes when something is so forced or you're not ready to open the doors for that particular faith, then you are forced into doing the opposite. <laughs> and that was my turning point for my life where I started to believe in my faith, in myself, you know, that is when everything was reunited for me. Because at the end of the day, I felt at the moment, what was left, what was left, everything was taken away, what was left of me. But it also gave me the opportunity to give in and let go of the controls that I was having over my life. Because sometimes something like Christopher, uh, Christopher saying that control can sometimes take over and not realize that it's leading you in the wrong path. Making changes with faith means that you have to let something else greater than you guide yourself, even though it sounds a little scary and it takes a little bit of time to let go of the tendencies and of the urgencies and everything that we have grown with. But it also allows us to not repeat the cycles that a lot of times us as humans are tend have a tendency to say. Like for example, oh, this career is not working out. You know what? I'm just going to go change and do something else different. Maybe that's going to work out. Or, you know what? This relationship's not working out. Let me go and try something else differently. Or just in general, this friendship, I don't, it's okay. I'll have another one. A lot of times we believe that that's, the, that's, the, that's what we have to do. But I literally challenge you today to practice, to let go of that control and start believing in yourself in your faith, and actually it will showcase your gifts in this world and what you're meant to be here in this world to do. I'm just going to conclude with a recommendation to everybody here that I'm very, I, by the way, I'm so grateful and so honored to be here today. But sometimes being able to make the changes with faith and believing not only in yourself, but in God and everybody around you, that also want the best for you um, so that you can bring that light and eternal life for everybody else around you. A lot of times we don't even have to say anything. A lot of times it's by our actions that the people around us are going to make those changes. They see you happy. They're like, why is Gigi so happy? I want to be happy too. What is she doing that I'm not doing? <laughs> right? And being able to understand that it's okay that you are making the changes because you were given the opportunity to make the changes. But at the end of the day, and this is a memo that I keep telling, I walk around and I, I'm very proud of saying, I said, I didn't come to earth to suffer. I came to earth to live. So I welcome you all to start living the life that you're meant to be living today. Thank you. I'm Crystal Bulk. Thank you, Crystal. Thank you, Christopher, for sharing. It's good to see you, it's been a minute. So our next speaker is myself. Um, what I'll be talking about is 
<clears throat> faith in the darkness. You can um, faith in the darkness in your business, or you can do faith in the darkness for your person. I'm going to do a personal journey that I went through. It was back in 2018. Um, as you all know, if you guys have been following me, I, had, I started my business back in 2017. So 2018, I went to a dark space. <clears throat> the space I was in was unfamiliar. And of course, I've always knew God was my savior. He was the head of my life. And we have an intimate relationship with each other. But I just didn't know exactly what God was doing. So I went into depression. And a lot of you on this platform can relate to depression. A lot of us go through depression personally in our business and in our family. But this was really new to me. It was very unfamiliar. So I started to lose weight. I started to you know, just be off to myself. When I was with family, I didn't really communicate. I was just there. Working out, losing weight, not eating. One day when I was actually with my family, I almost fainted because I hadn't eaten anything. And I was so depressed. And at that time I was married and my husband didn't really know what was going on. And I really didn't either, but I knew that God was there. I felt him, but I didn't feel him. You know, a lot of us get into the mode of we're like down in the valley and a lot of us get content. We get comfortable. We take our bags, we take our notebooks and we just sit there in misery, just sit there. And I had to figure out if I wanted to die or I want to live. So I chose to live. And fast forward to today, I'm excited that God took me through that because now when God elevates me, I know exactly what he's doing. When it gets uncomfortable, when it gets inconvenient, I know God is elevating me. So I know how to take that now. I don't even have any questions to ask him anymore. It's like, because I know. My thing is being prepared for what he's going to take me. And I'm so excited about being on this platform with all of you. So my thing with you is, if you are in the Valley today, if you're listening to this platform, listen to all these amazing speakers, if you're in the Valley, get out the Valley. Have faith. Faith is dead without works. When you start moving us, you activate faith. Activate your faith on today. Don't stay in the valley. Get up. Be happy. Live, you know, live and do not die. Okay. So today, just stay encouraged. And I'm just going to give you a little keeps. Okay. Pray. Whomever you pray to, pray because God's word does not come back void. It does not. If he says he's going to do it, he's going to do it. He just confirmed it for you. Pray. Meditate on his word. Meditate on his word. Pray, be confident, stand firm, stand in that authority, say it boldly. And remember, just when you're going through a hard time, get close to him. Get that intimate relationship with God, and he will definitely take care of you. His word said he will not leave you nor forsake you. Whatever you're going through on today, he is not leaving you, he's not forsaking you. Everything you're going through right now is necessary for him to elevate you to the next level. So you got this. Stay encouraged, stay prayed up, and continue to stay on this word because he is faithful in all that he does for us. Again, thank you guys so much for giving me the opportunity to share all these amazing speakers. Thank you. So we're going to move on to the next speaker. Um, Shonda, did you have a question for any of the speakers? I know you said you want us to chime in and say something. No, I'm good. Okay, great, great. Okay, so we're going to move on to the next speaker. Our next speaker is Rachel Best. Rachel Best is a neurologist, strategic transformational business, Mindset and weight loss coach helping bring people to the next level in life and body and mind. Take you from where you are to where you want to go. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Rachel Best. Good evening. Thank you so much for having me here. So I have a question. Has God ever asked you or told you to do something and you're not sure if it's you or him? Raise your hand. Type in the chat if you can. Yes. Right? If that's you, I know I'm not alone here. So I want to share with you three keys that will start to open the door and change your walk in faith. These are the three keys 
I have applied in my own life for the last 14 years. And God has created a beautiful picture in purpose for my life. And you also have a purpose to make your mark in the world. I want you to write this down because the first key is listen when God speaks. Listen when God speaks. So there's been several times that God has talked to me throughout my walk with him in the last 14 years, but there's one particular time and I was at a leadership conference and God told me, I want you to quit your job and become a full-time coach. I remember sitting there in a room full of 500 people with tears just streaming down my face of nervous tears because I was like, God, are you sure that this is what you want me to do? And he said, if you trust me, like you say you trust me, you'll do it. Over the next few days, it started to become very clear that he wanted me to quit my job. When I got home, I said, babe, I think God wants me to quit my job. He's like, you're going to quit your job? I'm pretty sure he's telling me to quit my job, but I'm going to pray about it. Which brings me to my second key. Seek God for confirmation. Write that down again. Second key, seek God for confirmation. From that moment, I started seeking God, asking him, what do you want me to do? I started journaling and spending time with him, being in prayer, being in the word. And daily, I started having people say, Rachel, I think you're going to quit doing hair. You better not quit doing hair. Like, I'd be really mad if you quit doing hair. God started using people to confirm what he was calling me to do. When God speaks, he confirms with people and telling you what he wants you to do. Okay. The final confirmation though, was the day before my birthday. I was standing in the bathroom, brushing my teeth. And I'm like, all right, God, you've given me a lot of confirmation, but if this is really what you want me to do, I'll get a word from pastor today. Go to church. The sermon was spot on. It was perfect, but God didn't stop there. I stood up and I look up and there stands the pastor right in front of me. And he starts speaking everything that I had been praying and seeking God for. He spoke it right directly to me. I knew that I was going to have to tell my boss that I was quitting my job at the salon. So I started praying for her. I started saying, God, open her heart to receiving that I'm going to quit and send somebody in my place to replace me. And so I took that step of faith and I followed in obedience to what God was telling me. And that brings me to my third key. Follow in obedience. When you follow in obedience, I quit my full-time job and, and I, I did what he told me to do. And it has, it has opened so many amazing doors that has landed me right here today, tonight with you guys. Following Jesus not only means listening and seeking, but it's taking action and following in obedience to his call and his will for your life. Following Jesus requires a surrendering of what your desires and willingnesses are to submit to what he's telling you to do. His plans are much greater and more fulfilling than your own. In summary, 
It is a journey of faith in following Jesus. It involves actively listening to his voice, seeking a deeper relationship with him in prayer, and following in obedience and taking action. Listen, seek, follow in obedience. I would love for you if you can drop an amen in the comments. If you are going to commit to taking one action in what God's calling you to do, I thank you very much. My name is Rachel Best, and I hope you have a blessed and highly favored rest of the day. Thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Rachel. It's good seeing you. It's been a while. Thank you so much for sharing. Our next speaker is Armando Nutel. Armando was born running towards excellence. As a baby, a seizure disorder kept him in and out of the hospital, but his faith growing up kept him focused on greater things to come. At the age of 17, he joined the Portuguese Naval Academy, rising quickly among the ranks to become a naval officer, reaching a role where he has 75 people under his care. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Armando Mutel. Hi, guys. Uh, welcome. Uh, I'm here about um, the pure faith. We, as the church in the last decades, we have swallowed uh, a pill that we think that we are actually working in faith in the church. And I believe more 90% of the church is not actually acting on faith, the true faith that the Bible talks about. So for us, for me to start about this, I want to tell you something that has been in my heart for many, many years now. Evil mimics good, but good does not mimic evil. There's many mimicking in in very religious circles that looks like God's faith, and it's not. We have made the church a commercial instrument uh, and not a faith church. So how I, why I say this? Because when we look at God's work, the Bible tells us that God is powerful and there are miracles happening everywhere and all were healed. Where is that today? I can find it many places. So what's happening? Are we actually acting upon the word of God? Or are we acting upon our thoughts? The thoughts of God are all powerful, but our thoughts have no power at all. Your thoughts cannot change anything, but the thoughts of God can change the world. Faith is not, so for us to understand faith, so I'm here to tell you what this biblical faith is. Faith is not about the power of your mind. It's not about an esoteric power. It's not about occult power. It's not about higher power. No, it's nothing about that. Faith is not about you. Faith is about God himself. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He is the center of our faith, or Yeshua, and you call them. Faith in Jesus changes everything around you. So we, we, when we understand this, you come out of a position of a begging to God, oh God, please do something for me. But when you understand when faith is, you become a conqueror. You, your act changes because you're not banging anything because God already gave you. And faith is an arm that will kind of get you everything you need. Actually, the Bible says you don't even ask death need sometimes to ask because the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and everything shall be added unto you. That's the true faith. Faith cannot be a business. Faith is not believing in you. It's believing in Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus? So who is this Jesus I'm talking about? Many people lost this sense of who Jesus really is. Jesus one time asked people, say, who do you think I am? 
many think you are Elijah, many things say this and that. And then Peter said, I have something to say. Jesus, you are the son of the living God, of the living God. So who is Jesus? Jesus in whom all things were created, Colossians 1.16, that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, where they be thrones or dominions or principalities of powers of all things were created by him and for him. He is the center of creation. That's why he's the only one being that can sustain our faith. A faith sustained in good words will go nowhere. Faith in pastors go nowhere. Faith sustaining apostles go nowhere. But faith in Jesus. That's what we are talking about. We need to substitute the pres all the presidents of the churches, apostles, evangelists. Everybody should come out of their, their thrones and put Jesus on the throne. And that's what I'm talking about. When we do this, the church will see again the powers and the miracles and the wonders of God. And you will not have to ask anything to God because everything is yours. In Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking at Jesus as the author and the finisher of our faith. Faith is not something that a supernatural power, blah, blah, blah. No, faith is an arm that will bring the power of God into manifestation. Look at what says 1 John 3, 8 says, For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. For what? To destroy the works of the devil. Faith has only one source of one purpose. Faith is to protect you from evil. Faith is not to ask a new business to God. Faith is not to ask something special to God. Faith is a shield that protects you against evil. That's what Ephesians 6 says about it. Faith. Faith is a shield. It's not something supermarket that we go to God, ask everything and begging everything like babies. God is not a supermarket. God is our father in heaven that loved us and set us free from the devil. And you need faith to destroy the intents of the devil against you. What says Hebrews? What is faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made by things which do appear. What faith does to you, you change the way you speak. You stop speaking your own thoughts. You start speaking the word of God. And I want to finish saying this. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything he shall be to you. I myself, I forget the last, th the last time I asked something to God. I just like to walk in the presence of God with him every day. He knows me. He knows where I am. He knows my GPS position. He knows what I need. He will supply my needs because he already provided to me. You need to come from a begging place to a happy place. Hallelujah. Faith is happiness. Faith is the power of God in you, the Holy Spirit in you, giving the confidence that God is with you and nothing can be against you, that the Bible says. If God is for you, who can be against you? Nobody can be against you. So fear nothing because God is with you. And how faith comes? Listen to the word of God. Meditate in the word of God. And faith, I want to tell you something, there's a trick on faith. When you exert faith in Jesus Christ and the word of God, mix it with love. 
Love is the fuel of faith, as the Bible says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, 2, that love, if you have no love, you can have all the faith in the world. It's worthless. Love is the beginning of everything God does in your life. So love your neighbor as yourself and love God above everything else. And you are a perfect being. And to finalize, I want to see what Revelation 2 tells some very interesting. I will leave this warning that God gave me to you, to me to give it to you. I know thy words and I know thy labor and I know thy patience. I talk about the church. And now thou canst know bear them which are evil. There's many, many things that looks like good and the devil is being destroying. He conquered everything under our noses and we don't even notice. And I want to tell you something. It's time to wake up, people. It's time to wake up for the real faith in God to destroy the intents of the devil because the devil has been destroying the whole world under our noses and the church is just sleeping. Sorry about that. How does that the tried and which say there are apostles and are not that has found them liars, preachers that preach lies. Lies about faith, lies about the, the gospel. The gospel has to be preached. The Bible says he will be preached until Jesus come. And verse 4 says, nevertheless, I have somewhat against you something because thou hast left my first love. I, I recommend you come back to the first love. If you, are a, if you lost your love to God, come back to the first love. Because Jesus said, come back, come back to the first love and repent. Yes, remember, therefore, from when does thou art fallen and repent? And do these first works, or else I will come unto you quickly and will remove your candlestick out of his place, except you repent. And what are these repentance? Stop teaching wrong things that God did not teach the church. Leaders, stop teaching faith as if it's outside of the word of God. Start speaking the word and the truth and the miracles and the power and the victories will come to you while you sleep. God bless you all. I love you, everybody. Take care. Very powerful. Thank you, Armando. Thank you, Armando, for sharing. Our next speaker is Mindy East. Mindy is the CEO and founder of Bear Rich Speakers Agency. Mindy is known to her grandchildren as Big Mama, a self-proclaimed late bloomer, Mindy is a firm believer that life's experiences have paved the way for where she is today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Mindy East. Well, thank you. Um, thank you, Armando. I get the pleasure of talking with Armando and Gigi every week. The three of us have a platform called Freedom is Everybody's Job. And you can follow us on Facebook or social media platforms. It's all about faith, family, and freedom. I'm also proud to represent Chris Salem and uh, Daniel Gomez. And so it's a pleasure to be among you guys. And thank you for having me. Happy Friday. Um, Rachel, I love what you said about obedience, because I think we can learn a lot about um, disobedience by looking at Lot's wife. Um, I'm going to use this my five minutes to weave this story from the Bible into a, a personal experience that I had. Um, you know, the story of Lot's wife begins in Genesis 19, when Sodom and Gomorrah was wicked and overrun with evil. God sent two angels with specific instructions to Lot and his wife to take their two daughters and go up high into the mountains and to not look back at the destruction that he was going to be sending. 
the message for Lot to flee the, the city was going to take them to higher ground and they needed to have the faith, like Armando said, the faith to shield and protect them. This story amazingly helped me heal from my divorce. I had been married 35 years and because of adultery on that side, he uh, chose to end the marriage. After he remarried, I was stuck having to be with um, my ex and his new wife on occasions that involved our children. And we have three adult children and we have seven grandkids. So anytime there was a birthday, a ball game, um, an Easter egg hunt, anything like that, we had to be together. And after I was in their presence, I was always civil because in my mind and heart, I felt I had forgiven. But in in my mind, it was a hard, um, hard deal to get over. And for about three days, I was just in a funk every time I had to be around them. Well, I prayed to God to help get me past all that, that hurt and, and trauma and the upset that I was feeling. And he said, I, I still remember I was driving in my car and he said, go look up the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. And I thought, okay, God, I haven't said out loud, besides the obvious, what does this have to do with Sodom and Gomorrah? And so God spoke to me, not audibly, but in my heart, in my spirit. And he said, go home, get your Bible out and read. And so I was so excited because I knew, I just knew I had the faith that in those, in those passages, in that scripture, I would find my marching orders. So it said, um, you know, go up higher, go up in the mountains and don't look back. And he issued a warning that if she did look back, she would turn into a pillar of salt. So what I interpreted that to be in my personal message from God was for me to rise up higher, go higher, don't look back, don't watch, don't obsess. And if I did, what would happen to me? The same thing. I wouldn't turn into a pillar of salt, but I would become hard and cold and I wouldn't be living my best life. Lot's wife was disobedient and she could not resist taking matters into her own hands. And so she wanted that control. She basically put herself and her selfish desires above what God wanted for her at that point. And when she turned around, she was indeed struck as a pillar of salt and stone and there was no life left in her. My message to each of you today is if you're struggling with something from your past that keeps that you keep looking over your shoulder to see, you want to go relive it, you want to rehash it, you want to try to make sense of it in your mind when there is none, I urge you to be obedient. Have the faith to know that what God has for you is so much better than what you could have planned for yourself. Don't let your past interfere with the joy and the greatness that he has in your future. Greater is coming. Thank you.
Thank you, Mindy. Thank you so much for sharing. It's always good to see you. Thank you. Thank you. Our next speaker is Lisa Allgood. Lisa is an author, speaker, and the host of the Jesus and Me and ADHD podcast. Lisa is a qualified ADHD coach. She provides a safe, compassionate place for self-discovery. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Lisa Allgood. Hi, everybody. I'm so happy to be here. Can everybody hear me okay? Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Okay, thank you. So I am I am really, really thankful for being here. Um, it's been a bit of a journey for me. I love hearing from everybody. I love that I'm hearing a lot of um, a lot of similar revelations, I guess you could say. Um, so I want to share with you some things about myself and what that has taught me about faith and how that has drastically changed my relationship with God. Um, I've been a believer for about 20 years. I accepted Jesus about, about 20 years ago. Um, but I kind of was walking around in the, in the dark and the fog and the, I don't know, I, I just didn't really understand. Um, I wanted to, you know, I accepted by faith and I walked by faith and, you know, I wanted to put God first. Um, but I, nobody ever really explained to me what that actually looked like. Um, so fast forward to a, a, a pretty blessed life. I, you know, I had a great childhood. I grew up loved, safe, secure. Um, I served in the military for a few years. Um, and then in 2018, uh, my mother-in-law died, uh, unexpectedly. Um, she went in the hospital thing on a Thursday and we lost her by Sunday. Uh, the same week I found out that I was being laid off, uh, from my current job that I'd been at for almost eight years that I had pretty much actually gotten to a place where I thought I could stay, uh, stay and retire. This is quite a momentous thing because I've done many, many, many different uh, careers. Um, very restless. Uh, I've always struggled with contentment. And so, so I, I've never been a, I, I talk to God all the time, but I've never been a, you know, when they talk about prayer at church, um, about uh, how they pray, I guess you could say, it's hard to explain. I never quite, you know, connected on that level. Um, I did talk to God. But I have to say, my my prayers at that point in time, I was just at a loss. I just I just didn't know what even to pray for, and that's what I told God. I said, you know, I need another job, and at this point in my life, I have no idea what I'm going to do. So just show me, open a door. You know, I half joke, send me a text. You know, be super obvious. One job, God, one door. That's that's all I can do because I don't trust myself. And He was faithful, and that's what He did because that's what I asked for. Um, and that, that was amazing. Um, and so I, I walked into that job and I was at a really great place. Um, I was confident in my skills. Um, I felt really, really good about that. Um, I felt like I was being paid what I was worth in that job for the first time, maybe ever. Um, and so it went pretty good for about a, about a year. This was, so we're here, we're in 2019, um, for about a year. Um, and then in late 2019, my husband was diagnosed with prostate cancer and then in, uh, and then had to have his prostate removed in February of 2020. And then in March of 2020, well, you know, COVID imploded, right? Um, the company that had hired me could no longer employ me overnight, over weekend. California shut down and I had no job. So, 
So I went home. It was very weird. I had not been home in 10 years with my kids. Um, is very, is really surreal. Um, and then the beginning of April, um, I live in Arizona. My parents live in uh, California. They're in their, they're in their 80s. Um, the beginning of April, I get a call from my sister that my mom isn't doing very well. She had, uh, the, it was pre-leukemia. And my sister felt like that she was going downhill fast. And so I heard from my, between the lines that my sister needed help. She'd been taking care of them. So I drove to California, you know, not knowing, are they going to stop me at the border? Like, I have no idea. The world had just gone crazy at that point. We're talking April of 2020. And, it's, and California was like the first state to lose their mind. Um, very surreal. I mean, I grew up in Southern California. There was nobody on the road. It was It was weird. It was just really weird. Um, I drove out there. We ended up putting my my mom in hospice um, on the 10th, and she passed away on the 21st. Um, we took care of her at home with my dad. Um, we wouldn't have it any other way. We didn't want her getting put in a hospital where we could not be with her. Um, and then that was followed by my father passing in, in October. Um, no matter your relationship with your parents, it's a very profound experience when you lose your parents. Like even if you have a bad relationship with your parents, it really makes you think. And I honestly don't remember what my conversations with God were at that point in time. It was just so, um, so surreal and grief does some crazy stuff to you. Um, I tried to go back to work. Um, I didn't really do very well at the, at the role that I went into. And um, I had, during this whole time and before, my youngest daughter <clears throat> had started to have problems in school, school avoidance, uh, anxiety, depression, self-harm, suicidal ideation, all of these things that I'm trying to fix while I'm doing all these other things. And she was, um, and ultimately something happened with her, a traumatic event happened with her that I just couldn't, I just couldn't do it anymore. Um, I actually ended up seeking some, some psychiatric help. I, you know, everything that I'd had in the past, I I'd gone to a therapist before it usually was situational. Um, but I did, I did seek help with it and I actually ended up being diagnosed with ADHD. Now, two of my children had been diagnosed with ADHD many years ago. Um, and I had contemplated, you know, because it's very genetic, maybe I have, you know, maybe I have ADHD. Um, but if you, if you do a Google search of ADHD, the descriptions that come up, they don't, um, they don't fit me and they probably don't fit most women that are diagnosed. They just don't fit. So I thought, well, I must not, it must not be something I, I have. Um, through all of this, I had continued, I did continue to pray to God, you know, my asking for a job turned into, okay, I want to know what my purpose is. God, you know, show me my purpose. I wanted to be submitting to him. I wanted to be living in his will. Um, and so that was the prayer. Then that over time, I got diagnosed with ADHD and over time, I, I, it changed to who, what have, who have you created me to be? Right. I, I I'm searching God's putting people in front of me constantly that are ADHD or know someone with ADHD. He was obviously, uh, you know, the confirmation piece that, um, that was talked about earlier, right? About pe putting people in front of you constantly. I had people, and I was not bringing it up. It was people that were being in put in front of me. Um, so he was bringing me through everything 
while he was walking with me and he was faithful and he, you know, there was a couple of jobs that he provided and um, I ended up with my ADHD diagnosis and that allowed me to give myself grace and to give myself grace to be who I was and stop trying to repress who I was. And so that opened my mind to be, to have a different perspective with him and to take more opportunities that he was putting in front of me, which then led to an opportunity through my church um, for lay counseling, which is uh, basically unlicensed counseling. Um, It's an individual ministering that the church offers um, that's designed to turn people to God. Um, Through that class, uh, through some classes in that, um, we actually studied a book, uh, Instruments in the Redeemer's Hands. Amazing, amazing book. Um, The author of that book said, we are created to be in relationship with God. We are created to be loved by God and to love God, period. It probably took a day or two before I realized, oh, that he answered my question, right? I wanted to know who was I created to be. I was actually overthinking it, though. I was, I wanted him to be specific, right? Oh, I want you to be, I don't know, this great author, or I want you to go work here. I want you to go do this when it was so, so simple, um, what he created us for, which is to be in relationship with him. Um, I think that's a fundamental understanding that if you don't have that, your entire relationship with him is going to be such a struggle. And that really leads me to, you know, that we are, we are not created to live outside of God's wisdom. We're not capable. He, He, like, literally, we're not, we're, we're just not designed that way. We're designed to have to rely on his wisdom. If we try to rely on our own wisdom, our own internal wisdom, it doesn't work. I mean, all we have to do is look at the world around us and how everything's so upside down and all the anxiety and all the, the identity confusion and just everything is because we are trying to look within ourselves, right? We have people saying, well, this is my truth, right? As if there is no ultimate truth. Um, So the big shift for me was that. And then that leads to the fact of having to submit to him every single day, a lot of times, every minute of every day, whatever it takes. And that then led me to, to a mindset that it's about him. It's not about me. And the irony of that is that that is so freeing. You know, a lot of people look at it as if it's, he's telling you what to do, or then you have to live by certain rules or, you know, you look at it as a bad thing, being told what to do. And it actually frees you to not have to worry about that, to not have to try to control because we are not capable of it. We are not, we're going to fail. And at, at the worst, like we're going to lose everything, but at the least we're going to be empty without that relationship with him. So that, that wisdom is key in us having any kind of success at anything, at life, at relationships, everything should be vertical, not horizontal. Um, and the, and the big thing for me was that I'm not capable of it. Like really understanding that, that I'm not capable of it. And that what the big divide and the big foundational sin for all of us was, and still is that we don't think we need God, that we think we can do it on our own, that we think we can control everything. Even when rationally, I mean, you just have to look and see it. It, it, If you've lived very long at all, 
how that works, right? Like how much control do we actually have? It's really a ridiculous thing to even say um, because it does just doesn't make any sense. So Lisa, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um, we do have a time limit. I'm not oh, sure. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Nope. I'm I'm good. Thank you. Dr. James. Thank you, Lisa, for sharing. Our next speaker is Apostle Terry B. Sofer. Apostle Terry is the founder and president of Streets of Gold Productions and pastor of Street of Gold Global Ministries from Revelation 2121. She is the founder of Hear My Heart, Empowered by Faith Women's Ministry. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Apostle Terry B. Sofer. Praise the Lord, everybody. I am so excited to be a part of this. Thank you so much. I'm going to jump right into my assignment um, for some of us on the Eastern side of things. It's dinner time. So I'm going to jump right on into my assignment. I'm going to take you all to a, a, a very well-known verse of scripture, um, Philippians 4, 6 through 7. I'm going to come out from the NIV, and then I'm going to come out and go right in, and then I'm going to go right on out. Amen. Is that good? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding will guard, will, will guard, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I know our topic is faith, but I want you to, I, I want to give you something else to believe in today. I want to give you, I want, I want you to tell your faith to work diligently, relentlessly, and putting it into peace. We can have faith in all kinds of different things, but you know, you've got to have faith in peace. There is a peace that does surpass your understanding. And peace, I have to warn you, is not private, but it is personal. Peace has a point and a purpose. Peace came into the world introducing itself as Jesus the Christ. And then peace left up out of the world after the resurrection of Christ and said, have peace. Peace has a purpose. Peace has a purpose. The whole, the whole idea of peace is that it knows what you need and you don't. I, I know that's going to shake some of y'all up a little bit, but peace knows what you need and you don't know what you need. Peace helps to regulate your mind and it helps to put things in perspective. Well, what does that mean? Having faith in the peace that surpasses your understanding means you don't have to have your mind in everything in order for you to believe God for anything. Now, let me explain what that means. Peace unifies your mind. Peace puts everything into perspective. So that means when mama needs you to come into the hospital and to believe for her healing, your mind is focused on believing for mama's healing and not the sister that owes you money. Peace that surpasses your understanding means that you don't have to worry about how to pay the bill and cast out a devil. You don't have to, peace, 
point you in the direction that God has for you. Because a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Your mind has to be focused on what God has sent you to do. The purpose for you showing up is not to prove to your sister that you belong here, but to prove to the enemy that you are the authority sent to get him out of the way. Peace. Peace says that I don't need to know how to get there. I just need to know that once I get there, I will do exactly what I am sent here to do. Peace says that I don't have to worry about how to feed the kids, who's going to put the dog out, and how do I pray for this prostate cancer to go away. Peace unifies your heart and your mind. Peace does not say we are impervious to pain. Peace does not come into a situation to resolve the issue. Peace comes into the situation. It arrives into the situation to absolve the issue, which means it absorbs everything that ain't about you, everything that does not give God glory, everything that does not give him praise, everything that does not put together your purpose. Come on, because some of us think that we're going in to do one thing and God only has you in there to do one thing. One thing, and that is to believe him. Peace says, I don't have the answer. I don't have the way. I don't have the why, but I do know who. Peace says, it is not about you. It is all about God. Peace says to singularly focus your mind on he who is able to, come on somebody, who, on he who is able to do exceeding, abundant, above all you can ask for or think. Not you. Amen to that. It's not you. Peace says that he who began the good work is going to be faithful. And that you don't have to exude faithfulness. You don't have to prove your faithfulness just because you showed up. Peace says, show up. Peace says, be there, even when there are people there that do not want you there. Peace says, I'm here. I'm here, not by invitation, but by invocation. God sent me. For this purpose, came I into the world to do this and nothing else. He has focused my attention. He has pulled me into a place of unity in my heart and in my mind. I know in whom I believe. Peace says that I am confident of this one thing. He who began it. Not he who got me there first, not he who got me there longest, not he who got me there, come on, more frequently, but he who began all of this stuff is going to be faithful to complete what needs to be completed by me. Peace says I'm not sent to do it all. Jesus was not sent just to heal or else he would still be here healing. Jesus was not sent just to raise dead. We need a lot more dead raised, Jesus. 
Jesus was sent to do one job and to do one job only. And that is to set free, to save and to come on and to give the reconciliation back into the hands of God and to bring us back to the unity of our faith. Faith and peace are best friends. They're BFFs. Peace does not need you to fight for it. Peace shows up surpassing your ability to understand. Why am I no longer consumed with why I didn't get this at third grade or that in the sixth grade? Peace says, now that I've graduated, now that I am above it, now it's time to move with it, not outside of it, not without it. Peace says, it puts you on display to show people your maturity in Christ, your confidence and your hope is in Christ and not in yourself, that you are completely sold out to the fact that you don't have the answer, but that Jesus is the answer. Peace says, I can do this, but not on my own. Peace says that I am called to this situation to be a light, to be the voice that crieth out in the wood. Look, behold the Lamb of God. It's not me. It's not me. Peace says, I'm going to guard her heart and her mind because insanity is just a fence hop away. Come on, somebody. Some of us are barely, barely clinging to sanity. But peace says, I'm going to guard your heart and your mind so that you don't have to worry about everything else that is my business and not yours. I just wanted to say thank you for those of you who have given me these little nuggets and have given me an opportunity to understand the meaning and the purpose of peace because I didn't know what God was going to do and I didn't know how he was going to do it. But now I understand that Terry has a purpose, Judy has a purpose, Gigi has a purpose, Lisa, all of us have a purpose and it's not to do what God does not want us to do. We're supposed to come in believing by faith that if he shows up, it's his will being done. I want to end with this. We pray in peace, believing that we're saying in Jesus' name, understanding that we understand the assignment that Jesus has. When Jesus, when you pray in the name of Jesus, Jesus also is giving us a disclaimer that not my will, but your will be done. Peace says, not my will, but your will be done. I'm coming out of the parking lot into a problem, but not your will, come on, not my will, your will be done. That's peace that surpasses your understanding. That's the kind of peace that you need to have faith in, that God knows what you are worrying about and God knows how to fix it. 
and he has settled it. You just need to settle it in your heart that when mama calls you and says, sit by my side and hold my hand, you're not going to be the person that heals. You're going to be the person that introduces, that relies on, that calls on, that believes in, by faith, in the healer. Your role is to be pointed towards the one who can get it done. Amen. So I just want to thank you. I just want you to know that your peace is not, is not private. It's not private. There's too many people out there that know what sets you off. And there's too many people out there that knows the you that would have come in swinging and would have come in fighting. But now you got a piece that says, you don't want me here, but you didn't call me. God has called me into this situation. And my piece, the reason I ain't cussed you out, the reason why I'm not asking for the money back, the reason why I'm not, because I got a strange kind of uncanny piece that surpasses my own understanding. And this is the confidence we have in Christ Jesus, that he who began it, he's going to be faithful. He's got your back. He is watching over you. He is keeping you. He is fighting for you. And he knows how to get you to a place in peace. I thank y'all so much for having me. Thank you, Gigi, for the invitation. Thank you all so much. I pray. I know I ain't no coach. I know I ain't no, you know doctor and all that. But I pray that you believe by faith the peace that you need to do what God has called you to do has come. He has come. He has showed up. And it's going to be amazing what you're going to look like when this is all over said and done. Thank you, Terry. Thank you for sharing. Our next speaker is Chip Baker. He's a best-selling author, speaker, and podcaster. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Chip Baker. All right, all right. Wow, that was amazing. Ooh-wee. Uh, I'm glad they have the mute because I, I gave lots of sound effects on that. <laughs> I caught myself giving some sound effects. But uh, first, I just want to say thanks so much to Gigi uh, and, and the host for, for having me. Um, you know, I just... Um, I'm excited to be here. I have some norms. I'm an educator, so I have some norms, some expectations, right? And uh, those norms is just, I ask that you just be in the moment with me. If you're good with being in the moment, let me get some head nods. Let me see those, all right? The next the next thing I ask that you be in application mode with me. And what that means to me is uh, my hope is that I can give you at least one thing. My, um, I hope to give you more than one, but my hope is I can give you at least a one thing that you can take away from this and actually apply it and use it in your life. If you're good with that, let me let me get a thumbs up. Thumbs up there. Good. Thank you, guys. All right. So I'm a big reflective guy. Uh, when I found out I was going to have the opportunity to be here with you, I reflected on some things. I think the first thing I reflected on is, man, I'm truly grateful for this opportunity. Uh, to be here with these amazing people and learn and grow. I have so many notes. I knew I would. I'm a note guy. 
but um, I reflected on my background and, and my background, I come from a family of church folk and educators. <laughs> Brother Daniel, you, hey, you know you know what that is. Church folk, when you don't put the S on it, that means it's like a church for real, right? And so I come from, from church folk uh, and educators. And so I'm, I say that because I'm proud of that. I'm grateful for that. Uh, that that means that I come from a family of people that that, that have faith, uh, have peace, uh, right, and they give service, right. And so what I've tried to do in my life is is do the same thing to make my family proud. I also reflected on that you know we all have been blessed with gifts, um, you know as you can see by the you know amazing speakers, um, but you know our job is to tap into what our gifts are so that we can give those gifts to others. Right. I believe that we are blessed to be a blessing. Right. Uh, along this faith walk, we're blessed to be a blessing. And so I want to talk to you about traits to maximize your gift. And the first trait is gratitude. It's important for us to be grateful for what we have. Right. And I believe that gratitude is the attitude that determines our altitude. Ooh, hold on, wait a minute. I'm gonna give you that one again. I'm, I'm gonna give it to you. I'm, I'm gonna give it to you. Uh, gratitude is the attitude that determines our altitude, and what that means is that we have to be grateful for what we what we have. Yes, things could be better, but hey, guess what? They could be way worse, and so we have to be grateful for what we do have and learn to have that peace and that faith because they're BFFs and work with what you got, right? So that's the gratitude piece. The second one is intentions. It's important for us to have pure hearted intentions. Man, it just feels good saying that. It kind of gave me just pure hearted intentions, right? We have to be intentional about having our purpose. We have to be intentional about our why. We have to come from a good hearted place with our actions because when we do that, oh man, we, we, we are in alignment with our faith. We are in alignment with what we believe. And the big man will always look out for us when we do that, right? Regardless, period, period, period. <laughs> it's going to be all right when we're operating with pure-hearted intentions. The next one is forgiveness. And forgiving is for giving. Hold on, you catch that. For, <laughs> forgiving is for giving and what we have to understand is that when we can allow ourselves to forgive oh man it just uh, and understanding it's not about the other person it's 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 for us so that we can be able to move on right let it go and move on and when we hang on to those things have any of you guys ever been just cut to the core where you just hurt y'all ever any of y'all ever experienced that yeah, yeah. I, I'm glad it's not just me, right? <laughs> just, just hurt, right? But we have to understand that we have to forgive, which will allow us to move on. And then when we allow ourselves to forgive, oh man, so many blessings come from that. Uh, we, we allow ourselves to be able to help others because there's going to be some people around us that will grow through this. Hold on. There's going to be some people around us that will grow through the same thing. You catch that? Right. And so what we have to do is make sure that we we are allow ourselves to forgive so that we can help others. So that's forgiveness. And then the last piece is test. None of us are immune from growing through tough things. 
none of us are immune from growing through tough things. And so what we have to do is make sure that we have that, we know that first of all, we're going to have tests, like tough things are going to happen, right? But we have to have the awareness to find the blessings and the lessons when we grow through those tough things. And, And when we find those blessings and the lessons, it allows us to be the best version of ourselves and not in a selfish way, but it allows us to be the best versions of ourselves so we can give the best versions of ourselves to others. And I know you guys have heard, let your test be your testimony. I know you've heard that, but those tests uh, will make you better. And so uh, in closing, I know I didn't have a lot, but I wanted to give you uh, something real good in this short amount of time. Uh, I talked to you about the traits to help you maximize your gift. We all have gifts. I talked to you about gratitude. That starts with the G. I talked to you about intentions. That starts with the I. I talked to you about forgiveness. That's an F. And the last one I talked to you about is your test. That's T. That spells gift, right? You are a gift from God. I just want to remind you. You know that. I just want to point to you and remind you. You are a gift from God. You have been given gifts by God. And it is important for us to continue to be a gift. And so I just want to say, as I close, just thank you so much again, Gigi, for inviting me and for the time. Uh, My social media is at ChipBakerTSC. My Twitter is at ChipBaker19. I'd love to connect with some of you guys. Check it out. But thanks again so much for the opportunity. Uh, Have a good rest of your evening. Go get it. Powerful, powerful talk. Thank you, Chip. We have some comments that came in. Uh, Judy says, I love these chip nuggets. So many affirmations to hold. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, Apostle Terry lit me on fire. Let's go. Let's go, man. Come on. I like, I like, I like what Pastor Apostle Terry said about the food. I got to go eat me some. What, what did you say, Apostle Terry? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for sharing. Our next speaker is Deron Warren. Deron is a native of Louisville, Kentucky. He is a child of God, a loving father of two daughters that are now women. Deron is a published author of a book called Mindset, A Mindset of Change. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Deron Warren. Darren, you're muted. Got it. Got it. Sorry. Thank you so much for having me to be a part of your faith conference with so many amazing speakers. I I look up to a lot of these, so I'm not going to say any particular names, leave anybody out. But thank you, Gigi and Dr. Lakeisha. When I think about faith, um, I think about one of my favorite artists, um, Donald Lawrence. Hold on, guys, I'm going to change my speaker view. Okay, Donald Lawrence. Donald Lawrence has a song that's called It May Not Make Sense, But It's Making Faith. And in that song, you think about, he's saying that sometimes we go through things that we don't understand. Sometimes we face obstacles and we say, God, why us? Sometimes we have those setbacks in our life and we try to figure out, well, God, how is my past, how is my pain going to birth me into my purpose? But sometimes we go through things that does not make sense, but it does make faith. I remember growing up, my very first real challenge was when I used to wake up on winter mornings and I would layer up and I would catch the city tark bus around the city. 
looking for an employment. And every job interview would pretty much end the same way. Uh, Mr. Mr. Rowan, um, we're not interested in offering you a job. And you might think that, well, did, did you get there late? No, I didn't. Was you dressed unprofessional? No, I wasn't. I mean, your boy would have on a coat and he would have on a tie or at least a button down shirt. And at that point, I had a handful of ways. I mean, I had ways that would make anybody jealous. And I always wore these fake glasses that make me look studious. But now I wear real glasses because I'm old and I can't see. But every interview would end the same way because of one question. Darren, um, it says here that you've been convicted of a felony. And you mark yes. Well, ma'am, well, sir, uh, yes, that's true. And not only do I have one, but I'm sorry, I, I have three. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Rowan, we cannot hire you in this business. You see, I had to make a choice at that point in my life to always own my past. Because I realized at that point that if I ever gave my past power, then I would always limit my future. And I'm not going to lie, there was times I wanted to quit. There were times I would go home and I would say, you know what, maybe selling drugs and been in the street is easier for me. But I remember one action word that my parents gave me, and that was pray. So I would pray, and I would pray, and I would pray, and I would ask God to bless me and to give me favor, because God, I'm trying. God, please just give me, give me, God, a breakthrough. And my faith grew. And then I got a call from a job that I had no idea would even hire me. But like DJ Khaled said, God did. And when I got that job, I was so grateful. And all I'm trying to tell you is that faith is you believing in you. You know that God is going to bless you if you put forth the work to increase and strengthen your faith. Faith does not make things easy. Faith may not automatically move the obstacle. Faith is not going to bring you out of a situation that's just magically. But faith is going to make things, all things possible. If you begin to pray and put in the time to make yourself stronger, you see, faith is going to make you and challenge you to come out of your comfort zone. Faith is going to be you saying, I can have that business. Faith is going to be you saying, I can write this book. Faith is going to be you saying, I can put on a global faith conference. But whatever it is, in your faith, you've got to believe it within you that God loves you and whatever he has ordained for you, it is for you. Now, listen, I'm an avid gym lover. I go to the gym six out of seven days a week. Now, the problem is I also love pizza and I also love chicken. But when I go to the gym now, I usually have to learn how to lift a heavier weight. But see, the thing is, I used to fail every single time at lifting weight. And in the gym, it's okay to fail because the heavier you lift, you had to fail at lifting weights that weren't so heavy at the time. But because of dedication, because of my routine, and because of the belief in myself, now the weight that used to trip me up, I can now lift proudly. 
I can set a new PR record every two weeks, personal record every two weeks in the gym. Listen, our faith is in direct correlation to that. There are some things that you had to go through in your life that at one time tripped you up. There were some things in your life that you had to go through that at one time you couldn't see yourself overcoming. There are some things in your life that at one time held you down and did not want your pain to be birthed into your purpose. But because you kept going, because you kept praying, because you got around OQP, only quality people, like on this panel here, your faith grew. And now the things that used to trip you up, guess what, baby? They don't trip you up anymore because God has given you little small victories. And in those victories, your faith has increased. In those victories, your joy has increased. In those victories, your territory has been enlarged. So the faith that's within you and the things that happen to you that may not make sense, they may not make sense. God, why I'm struggling, this doesn't make sense. God, why am I having this pain? This doesn't make sense. God, why can't I find love again? This doesn't make sense. But if you keep praying, those things that do not make sense, they will make faith. My name is Darren Rowan. Thank you very much and have a beautiful day. Amen. You said something very powerful there, Darren. Keep praying. Very powerful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Darren. Nice to see you again. Our next speaker is Missy Maxwell Wharton. Missy Maxwell Wharton is a most award-winning author, speaker, and writing coach. Her award-winning book, Don't Mess With This Mama, is a true story of her rescue of her six-year-old adopted daughter from enslavement. She writes across media, not only as an author, but also on film, television, and guest writer for several magazines. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Missy Maxwell Wharton. Hi, Gigi and Dr. Lakeisha. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me here to be, um, to be here today. And I have gleaned so much. Um, from each speaker that is shared today. And so thank you all so much. And, you know, Gigi, when you asked me to talk about faith for our adult children, I was actually pretty excited about doing that um, because I'm a mother of four. They're all between the ages of 18 and 25 years old. So they're all adult children. Um, but let me just say something. Something crazy happens with these kids when they get around this time of life and they starting to, they start wanting to run their own life. They they are trying to figure out who they want to be and what they believe. And they suddenly they don't want our input a whole lot unless we know how to respond. So I've now I've raised four kids. I've raised them all in the church. And you know I thought uh, they would be angels and uh, make all the right choices. But uh, that didn't happen. Um, so how do we hold on to faith as parents that God's word is true when he says in Proverbs 22, 6, teach up a child in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. But, you know, I like the message translation of that, where it says, point your kids to the right direction. And when they're old, they won't be lost. So I love the fact that I want my kids not to be lost. And don't get me wrong, my kids are all good kids, but there are some choices in there that I'm like, ooh, okay, Lord Jesus, take the wheel on this one. But um, so I have had four opportunities to learn what works and what doesn't work with my kids. And I'm still learning. 
I'm still making mistakes, but God covers every mistake with his perfect and divine love. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. But what it, this is his love is the greatest tool that we can have in our parent belt. And in this day and age, we don't want to or should we want to try to do raising kids without him uh, because he is our power. He is our strength and he will hold us up in those times. So when our kids are making choices that look like uh, they have lost their mind or it looks like everything that we tried to teach them, uh, they have conveniently forgotten, uh, we can respond in two ways. There's really only two ways to respond. There's we can respond in fear or we can respond in love. And fear is connected to control. Control is connected to witchcraft. And um, it is a reaction. When you react, there's reaction in you. You feel like you're losing control. Um, you're not being honored. So you say things that send a frequency and a spirit of fear out to them that they feel that. They feel that. Everything works on that. And that's why they feel controlled and maybe shut down. Maybe they feel unheard. So I really kind of want to speak to this because instead of reacting, go to the father and ask him, say, okay, here's what you do. You prophesy. You prophesy to that child. What do I mean by prophesy? Ask heaven what they think of your child. Ask heaven what they were created to do, what they were meant to do on this earth. You know, while they're, you know, I'm talking about the ones that are making bad choices. When you see the bad choices, instead go, Father, I know this isn't what they were created to. So tell me what you see in them because God sees your child the way he created them to be in God's image. What you'll see is that, for an instance, a lying child was created to most likely use their mouth to spread the good news, to spread the gospel, to be an encouragement, or to speak up for those who cannot speak or to speak up for justice. But what the enemy does is come in and twist it. So as a parent, we have this power to speak into our child who they were created to be. Uh, so don't come into agreement with how the enemy is trying to define them, how the world is trying to define them. That's not who they are. Ask heaven how they see your children and start prophesying. You see, I mean, sin is merely when you've forgotten who you are and who you were created to be. You miss the mark of God's wonderful opinion about you. And, and our kids do that a lot. I mean, all of us most likely did it at some point, but you have the DNA of God in you and we're created in his image so do your kids and you just need to pull that out of them with the love of god so how do let's go to that how do we pull it out we respond we don't react when they do bad things make bad choices we respond in love to our kids and it shows that we value them we value them. You know, when we call out what heaven sees in them and we start praying into what, you know, pray mama's here, come on. When we start praying for them and we start praying what heaven is saying about them, not the problem that we're seeing, and we start seeing them more importantly as heaven does, they will start responding to that truth. I mean, because we are changing towards them and they will feel that and they respond to that love. So you see the enemy, he loves 
to steal, kill, destroy. And his favorite is to destroy relationships with parents, loving parents and their children. And if you start or you approach your child when they've done those, those bad choices, they already know they've done the bad choice. You don't have to tell them you've raised them right. Um, but if you approach them with loving questions after you find out something that they've done, you know, something like, I hope you know, I love you no matter what, that settles them down or help me understand so I can be here for you and I can call you up in where you are. Please help me understand this. And what happens is when we ask questions, I've seen it time and time again with my four kids, especially my husband's really good at this. He asks questions and he leads them in love to repentance. And it's a beautiful way to raise a child. But all of these questions, what they do, instead of pointing fingers at them, see, we're supposed to point the way they're to go, but not point the finger at them. All these questions are showing your child that you value them. And I just, I want to end with this. I remember I was crying out for my children. Um, some bad choices had happened. And I wanted them to have a hunger for the things of the kingdom of God. And I just wasn't seeing it. I wasn't seeing it. And I was having these Hannah moment. You know, the Hannah moment where I wasn't letting go of God till I got some answers. But here they were. I could look up and see that their heads were in the phone or, or they were out with their friends. And as I was praying, I just remember this one time I was crying out and I just felt this peace come over me. And I was reminded that they fall under an umbrella of, of their father and I of grace and protection, like Deuteronomy 1, 139. It, it talks about your children will not, because of your righteousness, your children will not be a prey and they will possess the land. I keep praying that. I keep praying that. But also, I was well aware that their father and I had planted good seed into our kid, going back to Proverbs, that what we've taught them, they will remember. But we pointed them in the right direction and we backed it up with prayer. But then here's the clincher. As I got quiet before the Lord, I remember hearing him say, oh, Missy, I've got them. But do not question the ways I draw them to me. And I thought, oh, that does not sound good. What do you mean? Do not question the ways you draw my kids to you because I don't want them to make those bad mistakes. See, the story I want and imagine for my kids may not be how God can bring them into his greatest glory. So we got to have faith that God is in control here. Look at Joseph. I mean, no parent wants to see their kids go through pain and hard times. I mean, how many times have we as parents literally tried to step into their place and take that pain? We would have gladly taken all that pain for them so they won't have to go through it. But, you know, sometimes it's them losing everything or going through a heart crushing breakup because, you know what, God has someone better for them waiting down the road that they haven't met yet. Now, I'm not saying, like, don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying that God makes bad things happen to anyone. However, he can use those times to draw the gold and the character out of our kids. And you can help them by the way you respond to them in these times. So what we perceive as delay actually might be God paving a perfect way for your child to have God's best. Remember Jeremiah 29, 11, where he knows the plans he has for us, plans to prosper us and not to harm us, but to bring us a future and a hope. And God 
writes the best stories and your children's stories are not yours, nor are they ours to control. That's when it gets kind of ugly, but control is always based on fear. So three things I wanna conclude with here to holding faith for your adult child, because if, if it's not if your kids are going to make bad, bad choices, it's when they're gonna make bad choices. <laughs> So number one thing to hold on to, decide right now, how do you choose to respond? Do you respond in fear or do you respond in love? Because fear reacts and it tries to control your child, which is not how God does with us. Or we respond in love the way the father does by, by asking questions to understand, to gently guiding them back to who they were created to be and what God says about them, which leads to number two, prophesy over those kids. Ask heaven how they see your kids and call out what you're seeing that heaven is saying about them. Pray, say, and see them how heaven does and come into agreement with what heaven is saying and come out of agreement with what the world is trying to define in them. And number three, Trust that what God started in your child, he will be faithful to complete. Their story is not yours. Keep encouraging and loving and being there for them. All right. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm Missy Maxwell Wharton, and uh, I help people write their story for kingdom impact and healing. So I hope I shared something that you can use to build a strong relationship with those kids of yours, whether they're adults or young. And just love them well, point them to the cross, and um, just live a life that shows that you're sold out to the ways of the Father and be alive. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Missy. You're welcome. Thank you. Our next speaker is um, Aislef Zidlein. <clears throat> she is one of the bilingual realtors. I'm sorry. Hold on for a second. I got her updated bio. Ah. One of the bilingual realtors of Caldwell Banker in Central Arkansas, she is an investor and has managed her own property for over two years. In addition to being a realtor, she is a podcaster and publisher as well. Her podcast is called Moving Mountains for You. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our next speaker, Aislef Zeladon. Hello, everyone. And uh, want to definitely take a moment and thank all the sponsors that made this happen, as well as Gigi and, um, you know, Dr. Lakeisha and everyone who's been uh, just uh, making it flow as good as it has been. And so um, again, my name is Iceless Zeladon. I am, uh, I always tell people if, if you can sum me up in three words, I'm your Latina Jesus Jew, because <laughs> I'm Jewish. Um, I believe Jesus is the Messiah and uh, soy Latina. So I'm bilingual. Um, I have the blessing of being first generation born citizen here in the United States. So um, today I'm going to talk to you guys about finding your purpose in the midst of pain. And the reason that I chose this topic was because, uh, you know, just like um, another speaker spoke about divorce. Uh, <laughs> I am nearly divorced uh, since like last year. And so um, I didn't really know where God was uh, going with that and why everything uh, was happening at that moment, but uh, I definitely found the reason why, and I found, again, the purpose in the midst of my pain, 
And so in my upcoming book, uh, Transcending La Familia, um, I document, you know, my divorce story and everything that happened. But um, I'm just here to tell you that if you're going through something right now, if you're in that midst of that pain and you don't know why it's ha- why what's going on or why you're going through that, just know that there's a purpose in that. There's a reason why you're going through that. And there's a reason um, and a lesson that, that you're that God's trying to teach you through that, you know. Um, for the longest time, I would always, you know, question um, so many things and that happened in my life. And so it wasn't until I started just accepting certain things like my, my son, is, he's autistic. And so I would always question and kind of, um, you know, question myself, you know, was it something that I did or, you know, why he was the way that he was. And it wasn't until I shifted my mindset to just kind of accepting the reality of it. And I think whenever I did that is when I started to, you know, not um, question so much. And I'll never forget the words of one of my friends who's also Jewish. He, he would say, sometimes you don't have to question God. You just have to obey. And that kind of hit me really, really hard because I was like, you know, I, uh, my bachelor's is in journalism. So basically I'm like, like, that's what they teach us in school, you know, to ask questions, to be a reporter, you know? And so it was, um, kind of hard for me to not ask questions. And so he's like, you just have to obey. And I'm like, but it just kind of took me back. And I was like, whoa, you know, Um, so anytime that, you know, I'm going through something and I'm going through a process of something, I always remember those words to not question my progress or not question my journey, not question God, to just obey at the best of my ability. And that's the reason why I found my purpose when I decided to, you know, file for divorce was because God literally spoke to me and told me that we were unequally yoked. and so. I think when that happens, I felt personally that if I did stay with him, I would be in disobedience because he spoke to me and told me that we were unequally yoked. So, um, you know, not certain things happen in your life and you might not always understand, but I'm just so grateful and thankful that God showed me my purpose within my, in the midst of that pain, in the midst of that journey, in the midst of that struggle, he had people around me and he placed people around me to always remind me of his words, remind me of his purpose, remind me of who I was in him. And so, you know, this is, you know, a faith conference. I definitely want to tell people that if you don't know who God is, if you don't have a faith, look up and also look within, look at who created you and also look in the mirror and really just kind of accept yourself, first of all, and love yourself enough to, you know, definitely just take that step to accept every flaw, every decision, every mistake, you know, whether it was a mistake or not, I think it's definitely important for you to do that. And so um, that's uh, something I did want to, yeah, Rachel, I see you, you uh, commenting. So, um, but yeah, I just wanted to tell you guys to to in, even in the midst of that pain to always look for that purpose. And so uh, I'm glad that I always have those people around me that remind me of that. And, um, but yeah, I just wanted to definitely thank you for everyone. And um, thank you for Gigi. She's an amazing, amazing leader. I'm also part of the Women World's uh, Conferences and Awards. And it's always a, a joy to put on these events and to plan them out. And so, but yeah, this is uh, Isleth Celadon. Um, I, um I'm a realtor, publisher, and a podcaster, um, and God kind of led me 
in the real estate world. Um, and I'm very, very grateful that he did. It's my favorite thing to do right now. And it's uh, it's a lot of fun. So um, if you guys have any um, questions about it or anything, definitely reach out to me. I love sharing information, generic information. I'm licensed in Arkansas. So, um, but, uh, Caldwell bankers around the nation. So, and around the world too. So definitely wanted to, um, thank the sponsors as well. And, uh, yeah, just always remember to look within and to look up. And, um, if, uh, you are in that struggle of faith and you don't know what it is, just, um, pray ask God and he will show, he will reveal himself to you. Cause I, there's been countless of testimonies that I've heard the people that they didn't have faith and God revealed themselves to them. And, and if you know someone that is struggling in their faith, pray for them. You know, like the Bible says to always pray. And, um, I did want to say Psalms one Psalms 126, um, four to five you know, we talked about, and everyone has been talking about, you know, pain or, you know, just certain things, um, and crying out to God and make sure whenever you are crying out to God and you're praying to God, those, those, uh, tears that you're sowing, you're going to reap joy, but you only reap joy when you cry in the midst of the Lord. You only reap joy when you cry your, and you cry out to God. Um, because so many people, you know, they get depressed and they cry and they just, you know, they're in that pain and they don't, they're in that depression and they're just crying just to cry, but they're not crying to anybody. So make sure that whenever you are in that midst of that pain and you're crying out to someone, make sure you're crying out to the Lord because he will turn those, those tears into joy. Cause it's a Bible verse, as long as you're doing it to him. And so I'm just grateful and thankful that I'm on that other, on the other, uh, side of that journey and I found my purpose within my pain. And, and so I hope that in your journey, you can find your purpose in the midst of your pain. So this is Isla Zeladon and take care, everyone. God bless and peace be with you. Amen. Thank you, Isla. Real quick, we have some comments that came in. Uh, Judy says, Missy, so beautiful. This was from the previous speaker. She says, Missy, this is so beautiful. This is relevant to growing children as well. And in regards to Isleth, uh, just obey. Yes, look up, just pray and, and great share. Um, standing on his word, truths and promises. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, we have one final speaker, but before we, before I introduce her, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Ragnar Sneakers, uh, Michael D. Butler, Daniel Gomez is in the house, <laughs> Melanie Ake, and myself, Dr. Lakeisha James. Our final speaker is Dr. Shanetta. Makia. She's a philanthropist, advocate, humanitarian, speaker, author, actress, realtor, and entrepreneur. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our last speaker, Dr. Shanetta. Good evening, kings and queens. Hello, hello, hello. Happy Friday. Yay. Happy Friday. We'll call it that. You all have poured out. I thank God for each and every one of you. Thank you so much, Gigi. Thank you so much to our sponsors and everybody just for taking the time and joining us this evening. I am Dr. Shanetta Malkia, your empowered life queen. I believe that one life saved is one life given. I am the CEO and broker for the PMs of the City of Property Management Firm serving Maryland, D.C., Virginia, and now Georgia. I'm also the CEO and broker for the PMs of the City of Realty serving Maryland, D.C., Virginia, and Georgia. But outside of that, I am an advocate for mental health. So when it's not everything real estate, it's everything mental health. And it is May. And it is May. And it is May, a mental health awareness month. So I'm excited that we're talking about faith because faith ties into our mental health and our well-being. And that's what I'm all about, making sure that individuals are empowered to live 
and not die by suicide. So I'm a suicide prevention trainer. I'm, I'm an advocate for suicide. I'm a suicide attempt survivor, which is how I started my nonprofit Empowerment Essence. We are here in the state of Maryland and we focus on eradicating bullying and suicide for youth and young adults. So outside of teaching suicide prevention, um, we have a lot of different workshops and training, but tonight what God asked me to share with you is a message called, it's in the grace. Now, I've heard everybody speak about different aspects of life from going through pain to purpose. I love that. Um, you spoke about different um, aspects of bringing faith into your business. I love that. Tonight, I want to talk to you about it's in the grace. Whether you're pulling your faith for the business, for the family to overcome a pain, to overcome a trial, to move forward in life, it's going to be in the grace. God already did some things for you that are already planned out that you have not seen yet. Your eyes have not seen, your ears have not heard what the Lord has for you. One of the things God told me to remind you this evening is that you belong in the room. My puppy is over here excited. So I have a brand new puppy. The, um, her name is Gabbana. She's three months. So she's over here ringing her little um, bell. So you're going to hear that just a little bit. So I'm so excited. You're going to hear that she's over here cheering for you all in advance because she knows and I know that God has some amazing things in store for each and every person that's here tonight. I want to remind you that you belong in the room. A lot of times when we're going forward and we're starting to develop and we're starting to move forward in the different ideas that we have. We're like, oh my goodness, how can I do it? I know that was me. When I was starting the businesses, I said, Lord, you did not tell me I was going to be doing this. I had no idea I was going to be a serial entrepreneur and had no idea I was going to be an actress, a motivational speaker, helping individuals live and not die by suicide. I did not know I was going to overcome my own depression, my own anxiety, overcoming coming out of a domestic violence and just overcoming my suicide attempts. I had no clue. I was clueless, but God said, I have plans for you. And so what he reminded me is that it's all in the grace. See, Shanetta, you had to go through those things because had you not been able to go through those things, you would not be able to pour out to another individual that thinks that they're alone. I want to remind you tonight that you are not alone. Nothing that you have faced, nothing that you will go through, nothing that you have seen has not happened to someone else. And what I also want to remind you is that when you're going through these trials and these tribulations, that it's only a temporary moment. It's not permanent. Not permanent at all. I don't want you to remember that, that things are temporary. Some of the different experiences are feelings, which is why we can't move based off of our feelings because they change. You know, sometimes you may have a glass of cold water and you're nice and cooled off. Let you step outside and that cold water is immediately, it's like, where is it? I need that. Where's my ice cube? It's hot. And all I do is step outside. It's going to get like that in life. I don't want you to think it's going to be easy. I'm glad everybody tonight told you the truth. It's about faith. It's about moving forward, taking that first step without knowing everything that you have to do. Sometimes you have to be separated from individuals. Sometimes you have to be taken away from different things so that God can speak to you because there's so many different voices going out. There's so many different people that are talking to you. So when it's time to really step forward and hear what God calls you to do, walking in that purpose, serving in that purpose, forgetting yourself, becoming nothing to everyone and everything else so you can become everything that God calls you to be. It's in his grace. He already did it for us. We're trying to figure so many things out that God has already prepared for us. And if we tap in, like everybody said, reach up, speak to God, ask God. And somebody saying, well, Shanetta, how the heck do I do that? He gonna listen to me? I ain't talked to God in about six, seven months, maybe about three or four years. But he is right there and you can have a conversation with him like we having a conversation tonight. That's our father. We only ain't gotta do no begging. How about that? You know how you gotta beg some people, can you please help me? Can you please support me? You know, we keep sharing the post saying, please like, please share. You know, we can ask God one time and he already heard us. And it's already done. Everything that we're crying and begging for, seeking approval from other, individ and other individuals, seeking, seeking acceptance, 
trying to figure out if you're going to go forward and you're going to do your posts because you're worried about what somebody's going to agree with you. If God called you to say it and do it, do it. We're going to be like Nike tonight. We're just going to do it. But we're going to do it by faith. And we're going to go back to what Daniel said. We said, we're not going to operate and do what we want to do and then ask God to bless it. We're going to ask God what we should be doing and how to do it so that we can do it without going through some of the mistakes. But don't get it twisted. You know, God got jokes, right? <laughs> he got jokes. He know, he know we're a little bit hard-headed. I don't know about you, but I was a little hard-headed. I was like, I was like, God, you know, he's like the GPS. He said, go this way. I'm like, God, but it's a shortcut this way, I think. He's like, but Shanette, I'm smarter than you. So I had to hit my head on the wall a couple of times. You might have to go through that. It's in the grace. Every mistake that you made, God is giving you a grace for it. Everything that you're seeing, there's a grace for it. Everything that you're experiencing, there's a grace for it. There's a grace for new love. There's a grace for your business. There's a grace for your philosophy. There's a grace for your vision. There's a grace for you right now in your season. It is in the grace. I thank God for each and every one of your dreams, the purpose he has called us to do. I am your empowered life queen. I know we only have five minutes tonight, but God said, give it to him and give it to him high. He said, come in and give it to him high. Give, drop it high. Get in, get out and make sure they got it. It's in the grace. You belong in the room. You have been called. So therefore you are chosen and you will do. You will inspire and you will make sure that other individuals pour out what God has given them to do. Each and every one of you have a gift. And I don't, I don't focus on the money, y'all, because I tell you, I've been broke and I thank God for sustaining me. I realized that every time I chased money, I was always chasing an empty, an empty dream. Every time I, he gave me a little bit, I was looking for something else. So it's not money that moves me anymore. It's people that move me. It's dreams that move me. It's your purpose that moves me. May everything that you have do have an impact on somebody else. May you forget yourself and again, become nothing to you so you can become everything that God wants you to do. Your name has been spoken in rooms you haven't gone into yet. I say that we all should get ready. Gigi, you need to get ready because you're taking this on a different platform and a different level. It's time because now that you have poured out so much, so graciously, each and every time you show up with service, God said it's time for elevation. I bless each and every one of you this evening. May you continue to walk, talk, and be the example. It is in the grace. God bless you and thank you. Follow us at empowermentessence.org. If you need help with property management, real estate, reach out to us at the PMs of the city. And if you want to book me for a speaking engagement, follow us at um, Empowerment Essence on IG. And you can also go to dearbrokengirl.com. And I look forward to pouring into your life. Let's make sure we get suicide prevention training in your communities. Let's schedule a safe talk um, situation so that we can make sure that you know how to identify persons in crisis and connect them to a resource so they can live and not die in pain. You are empowered to live. You are empowered to do, and you are empowered to be. It is in the grace. Thank you, Chichi. Amen. And thank you, Dr. Shanetta. It is in the grace. Very powerful. Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Shanetta. So I stand corrected. We do have one more speaker, but after our final speaker, we will have some closing remarks by our host and co-host, Gigi and Chandra. Our last speaker is C Poetic Stew. She is a faith igniter, leader, international speaker, destiny transformational coach, and poet born in the United States of America. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our final speaker, C Poetic Stew. Yes, hello everyone. Um, thank you, Gigi, for having me. Thank you for this opportunity. Le Dr. Lakeisha, it's always good seeing you. You look so bright there. I just want to 
encourage somebody out there. We had a lot of speakers talking about living and faith and building us up. And so I just want to say a couple of words real quick, because guess what? I'm telling you, it's like every time you try to do something for God, something happens. But here's the thing. I'm the faith igniter here trying to ignite your faith. And I just want to tell you who I am. Of course, I'm Candace C. Poetic Stew, transformational coach. Um, I did counseling for over 20 years. Now I'm a destiny transformational coach. So what is that? I pushes people into their destiny. How did that happen? Well, I had a situation that I'm telling you, it was a situation, okay? Uh, many years ago, I can remember that it was like the days that my legs felt like they weren't my own. What does that mean? I was out with friends just coming from church fellowship. I were dining at a restaurant. And all of a sudden, when I had to go to the restroom, I was gripping the walls. And this young lady, sweet young lady, she said, baby, do you need my cane? I say, no, ma'am, no, ma'am. Well, little to my knowledge did I know the journey that I was going to go on. And during this journey, it's like my legs start giving out on me. And after that, um, had to go through physical therapy and chiropractor. And then when I went to the chiropractor, they did an MRI. And he said, we finna send you to the surgeon. How many of you had situations in your life that you can be living the best time of your life, but a storm can come and almost knock you off that you're hanging by a branch? Well, it was a, a tsunami coming my way and I didn't have time to prepare for it. And this doctor wanted to send me to a specialist, a surgeon. It took me off guard. Because when I got on that MRI, I was in so much pain. I couldn't lay on my back. They had to put the, my shoes on me. And I say, Lord, help me. In that time, the surgeon said, when he gave a diagnosis that there's something on there that is too risky for us to, to uh, do surgery. So let's observe it for a year. A year? Well, what happens if it grows? He said, you will die. My Lord, die? Now, in this season, it don't matter how much faith you have, there will be obstacle challenges that will knock you off your guard. So during that time, I had to be observed for a year. I had to think about my dreams. Is it possible? Will it happen? I mean, I was a faith person, but my faith went there. Uh, how many of you been in situations where you're, you're a faith walking believer, but you had obstacle words, you just didn't have the faith to believe God at that time? I want to talk to you about don't count me out. Stages of great faith. So when the doctor, the surgeon said that I went on going to work, had a cane using assistive device. And in this particular time, I had a call from my mother and she seemed so joyous at this time. She had a lost in the family, but her voice was so joyous. She said, how are you doing? I tried to disguise and hide my truth a little bit. I'm, I'm hanging in there. Can I, can I call you back? And it was in that moment that Les Brown voice came to me as I was laying on my stomach because I was in too much pain for my back. And he said, if you can look up, 
you can get up. Well, I was in too much pain and I'm on my stomach. So I was able to look up a little bit. But in that moment, my faith was ignited like a, a, a young girl has a campfire with sticks and wood. It was ignited and I said, okay, I will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. And in that moment, I started declaring and decreeing, I will not die. Well, I didn't get a miracle overnight. No, that didn't happen. But I kept declaring and decreeing. I took my, I took my mind and focus off of my circumstance and what I was going through and put all my attention on God. And in that moment, I was worshiping, praying, and I kept declaring and decreeing, making affirmations. I will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Well, I still had that assistive device that cane. And in that time, I was at work. I looked at that cane and I said, not so. My faith went to another level. And I left that cane in my car. And as I was walking and working, doing my job, I still was gripping the walls. My director, my management, they say, Candace, where's your cane? Do you want us to get it? I say, no, I'm fine. Thank you. But it was in that moment. I said, okay, God, now I'm stepping out on faith, leaving this cane in the car. I need a miracle so people can see that you are God. How many of you know, sometimes when you don't see it, God's still working. You got to keep the faith. You got to hang on in there. In Hebrews 11 and 1, it say, now faith. Now, present tense, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Well, guess what, everyone? I am here to tell you, God not only showed up, he showed out. I went back to have that MRI. And I even, when I went back to have my MRI, I stopped using the cane after six months. I was rocking not only my tennis shoes, but a variety of shoes, okay? And when I went back to that MRI, the thing that they seen before that I have a CD of, that I have a transcript of, guess what? They said normal. God dissolved that thing, okay? I, I'm gonna say that word again, dissolved. He dissolved it and not only that, he got glory, whereas the transcriptor pulled me to the side and said, Candace, do you believe in miracles? Yes, I do. He is the same God, the same miracle working God. I am here to ignite your faith, no matter what it looks like, no matter where you are right now, trust and believe God. This is Candace C. Poetic Stew, the Faith Igniter. I got a book coming out, Ignite Your Faith on June 16 on Amazon. Thank you so much, Lakeisha. Gigi and all the other speakers, thank you. Uh oh, Gigi, oh. You oh, there you go. Thank, thank you, C. Poetic. I was saying, tell us the name of the book and where can folks find it? Yes, the name of the book is Ignite Your Faith. It will come out on Amazon on June the 16th. I gave a snippet of my story, but the entire story in that chapter will be there with other co-authors. Thank you, C. Poetic. Thank, thank you. Congratulations. Thank you so much for being transparent and vulnerable. Thank you so much for sharing thank a snippet you. of your story. Um, so we'll have some closing remarks for our host and co-host.
and then we'll have closing prayer. Sandra, take it away. Amen. Listen, glory be to God on today. I am just super blessed. Thank you so much, Gigi, for allowing me to co-host with you. Thank you, Dr. Lakeisha, for your amazing, amazing moderation of today's Global Faith Conference. But I pulled some notes um, and I want to read this really quickly because these people really touched me today. Rachel said, listen, when God speaks, seek God for confirmation follow in obedience, right? And so when I think about that as a lens of faith, for those of you who don't know me, I am the owner, founder, creator, and CEO, because I believe that God is the owner. Uh, let me just say that. I believe God is the owner. And as CEO, I've been chosen the C to execute the orders in this earth realm. And so that's what I believe the CEO is. I've been chosen to execute the orders in this earth realm. And so as a lens of faith, I am charged with the duty to walk by faith and not by sight, to allow people to see faith when they see me, to hear scriptures, the word of the Lord, and to be ignited as uh, Sister Candice spoke, right? She said she's an igniter, but I'm a lens of faith. When you see me, you should see God. You should see the God in me, right? And so I believe that today's Global Faith Conference really set a fire on Facebook. Wherever else we are, uh, YouTube, wherever we are, Gigi, you set a fire about faith today. Armando touched me. He said, pure faith. He said, evil mimics good, but good doesn't mimic evil. Y'all remember when he said that? He says, mix your faith with love. Hallelujah, somebody. Mix your faith with love. Chip said, grow through tough things. You got to grow through tough things. Listen, trials and tribulations are going to come, but by faith, you got to keep walking. You got to keep moving. You got to put your head up. Ain't that what Candy said? Look up. Because if you can look up, you can get up. Amen. And I believe that when Missy spoke, she says the children possess the land, right? She went on to talk about how we have to help our children by faith. We as parents, we have to help our children by faith because they're going to make some mistakes. We did. What, what about when we were their age? We had to make some mistakes and we had to learn from our mistakes. But the biggest thing, the number one thing I heard today from this entire Global Faith Conference was this word right here, believe. You have to believe. Faith allows you to believe. What do you believe today? After hearing from all of these magnificent speakers, what do you believe? Do you believe God? Do you believe that you can walk by faith and not by sight? Do you believe that you can do it? What does Nike say? Just do it. Do you believe by faith that you can do it? I believe. I believe. You can type it in the chat. Type it on Facebook. I believe by faith I can do it, right? And so I believe today that we were ignited in this global faith conference. And Gigi had a download that she received from God to say, put this together, do this. And by faith, look at all the people that came together. By faith, we're here. We're testifying. We're sharing. We're igniting Facebook and this Zoom experience on today. I want you all to walk by faith moving forward in your life. And I want you to know that I have a book coming out as well. It's called Bust a Faith Move. It's called Bust a Faith Move. It's the anthology that will be out in July of this year, a book 
of faith walkers that testify to how they have bust a faith move in this earth realm. Because you see, we've been chosen to execute the orders in this earth realm. God bless each and every one of you. Thank you so much, Gigi, for continuing to walk by faith. Thank you, Chandra. It's such an honor to, to host this global faith conference with you, my friend. And also, too, can you state the name of your upcoming book and where can folks find it, please? Yes, ma'am. The book is called Bust a Faith Move, and it will be on Amazon in July. July 15th is our launch date. We'll have pre-sales in middle of June. June 21st is when we're going to start pre-sales. So you'll see the flyers come out all over social media, but the book will be live on Amazon July 15th. Thank you, Chandra. Dr. James, you're muted. Do you want me to go ahead and close out our prayer? Do you have some closing remarks, Gigi? Yes, ma'am. Thank, thank you so much. I, I appreciate each and every one of you today. We, we just heard from amazing speakers from all over the world. And, and we also heard we also heard from our sponsors, some of our sponsors today. I, I'm truly grateful for each and every one of you. And, and at this time, God's put it on my heart to share with each and every one of you that, that, that no matter what you're going through, hold on to faith, uh, keep the faith and, and, and don't don't give up. If you're listening to this message today and you're and you're facing a challenge, I encourage you to keep going no matter what. And, and remember whose you are. Remember that you're all the children of God. And now you see, I, I'll never forget uh, I, when I, I was sexually assaulted when I was eight years old. But then again, I was sexually assaulted as a, as an adult. And I'll never forget the officer who came to me after what what was reported. And she looked me in the eyes and she said to me, ma'am, I know why and how you're still standing. I said, ma'am, why is that? And she said, what is on your neck? And what was on my neck at the time was a cross. And she said, that's what's getting you through is your faith, your faith. And so you see, no matter what you go through in this lifetime, stand firm in your faith and keep going no matter what. I believe in each and every one of you. Each and every one of you matter. Your voice matters. Never give up. And I close with that. Thank you. All right, so we're gonna close with prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for this day. We thank you, Father, for this day that you've made, and we're exceedingly rejoicing. We thank you for each and every speaker, Father, that graced this platform today, Father, the transparent, the vulnerability, Father, the strength, the courage, Father, they share their story, the wisdom with us, Father, and we're going to continue to keep our faith, Father. Faith is dead without words. We thank you right now for strengthening us, whatever we are going through right now, Father, we ask you, Father, to give it to us, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Father. We thank you right now. We exalt you, Father. We put your name on high, Father. You are the true and living God, Father. Your word does not come back void. We thank you, Father, for our faith. 
We thank you, Father, for the walk in you. Father, we thank you right now for guiding our footsteps, Father. We thank you for forever allowing us to be an impact to your people and serving your people, Father. And again, Father, we just want a little bit more, Father. We want a little bit more of your grace. We thank you for your grace because your grace is sufficient for us. We thank you, Father, for the downloads that you put in our, our spirits on today, Father. We thank each and every person that attended this event. We thank you for each and every person that watched, Father, that their souls were fed on today, Father, with your words and your people that we're serving. In the mighty name of Jesus, Father, we thank you for all you're doing for us, Father. We're going to continue to bless you, Father, on a daily basis. We're going to continue to carry you in our heart, Father. We give you all the honor, the praise, and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you all. God bless you and be safe. God bless you, everybody. Thank you. God bless. God bless. Bless everybody. Be well and be blessed.